The Max Level Podcast for October 28th, 2019 is made possible by Level Down Games. Check us out over at leveldowngames.com for the latest reviews and brand new episodes of both Max Level, a video game podcast every Monday, and BG Mania, a video game music podcast every Wednesday. On with the show. The following episode has been paid for by the New World Order. Wait a second. No, it hasn't. This is Max Level. This is Level Down Games. Now, enjoy some Nightmare on Elm Street as performed by Dance with the Dead. So I, uh, I bought some Halloween candy to give out to the kids. I bought, Is it today for you? Is trick-or-treating today for you guys? No, 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 no. Okay. I, I do not prescribe to that nonsense of this trunk or treat or safe Halloweens. No, you come and you come to my house, you knock on my door, and I will give you candy. Well, uh, so bought, any day any day of the year. It's true. I always have candy. So uh, <laughs> I bought about six <laughs> pounds of candy, which is too much. But I got How many pounds? Six. Oh my gosh, six pounds of candy. I, I figure I'm just going to stand out in my car and, you know, any kids who come by, just come get some. Because I don't want them having to walk all the way down to my, like, you know, downstairs to my side apartment. So I figured oh, I'd just okay. chill. Did I'd you say I, stand I, I, on your car? I'm not going to stand on my car. I'm going to probably just sit next to my car with like a. Oh. A, a <laughs> but you know how hard it is not to eat all this candy when there's a six pound beast just staring at me right now with all the delicious treats that I've procured for them. I've eaten some candy. What, what kind uh, did you get? Tell me. I, I got, want details. We got regular Snickers. We got the peanut butter Snickers, uh, M&M's, Twix, Nerds, Skeleton Bones, and Laffy Taffy. Did you put the razor blades in your apples yet? No, I'm not going to kill any children. You didn't get that. You, did, you didn't get the, the pretzels that Kyle was talking about last week on the show. Yeah, the chopsticks. <laughs> Yeah, oh, I, I should find some. I should find some nasty candy for the uh, like 14, 15, 16 year olds out there still trick or treating. This way they learn their lesson. What's wrong you know with what that? We was, well, yeah, yeah. What do you? What's wrong with that? Once you're in, once you're fourteen, you have to stop. That's the rule. That is not a rule, sir. Yes. Okay. At fourteen, I actually think the, that is kind of the rule, but I I don't know. It, it is not the rule. I I went I, out I, there. I, 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 with well, a group of friends in high school was like 17, 18. It was a lot of that's, fun. That, well, that's wrong. You know, you, you idiots should be off the streets. And, and, and there's certain states where you guys should be fined for that now. But uh, <laughs> I, I actually don't think that's true at all. It's, it's, it's the same true. state where you get fined for having sex with your goat. <laughs> but if you didn't know, this is Max Level, a weekly video game podcast brought to you by Level Down Games. For those just joining us, welcome home. Max Level is a breakfast powwow between four friends wrapped up in an all-purpose gaming show. This week, just three friends, though. I'm your host, Brian. Joining Frick. us this week, we have Frick. Keep your 14 your asshole. You screwed that up. I, I cut him <laughs> off on purpose. I'm sorry. <laughs> the sound effect hit and it messed me up. <laughs> Over in the Come sound on. booth, we have Sean. What? What's up, guys? Good morning. Good morning, indeed. Kyle is unfortunately not with us this week. He is over uh, doing something at work. 
He'll be back next he week. And... Had his career ended. <laughs> next week will be a good show. Uh, a lot of a lot of fun game discussions to have next week, but that's okay. That's still seven days away. On today's episode, the crew goes in depth with some games perfect for Halloween, including Medieval, Man of Medan, and Doki Doki Literature Club. From there, we enter the Twilight Zone and discuss the WWE 2K20 disaster, Fallout 76's new subscription-based service, and the infamous Day of Delays from last week. Special shout out to Dance with the Dead for allowing us to use their music for all of our content. Everyone Woo! absolutely needs to go check these guys out and support their music. They can be found on Bandcamp, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, pretty much everywhere. Check them out. You will not be disappointed. Don't forget to head on over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening to us and leave that five star rating under review so we continue to climb the charts in terms of search results. And do not forget, this is the last week that you have to enter that contest we are doing for the $10 gift card to a storefront of your choice for both max level and BG Mania. You have until Thursday, Halloween, the 31st, October 31st, Devil's Night, as Frank likes to call it. Uh, and to enter this contest, all you have to do, leave us a rating, leave us a review, Apple Podcasts, send us confirmation that you did so. We will enter you into the drawing that we're going to do next week while we record the shows. Uh, it'll be one $10 gift card for Max Level. As I said, one $10 gift card for BG Mania. We'll do it in Discord. Whomever wins, you'll be able to see it. We'll hopefully get in contact with you and that'll be that. Yeah, just leave us a rating and review and we'll get you entered into the contest. I want to do something... Before we transition into a very spooky episode, I want to do something that isn't necessarily spooky, but speculative. So next Friday, this Friday, this coming up Friday, today, when this episode posts, it's the 28th, Friday, November 1st, a little event kicks off known as BlizzCon. Get that crap out of here. <laughs> we are bringing back our little small discussion before the games we've played because I want to talk about BlizzCon for a few seconds. They released the schedule of events this year. There are six panels spread out between Friday and Saturday that just say coming soon, which means what the fuck was that? there are at least I, I don't want to say there's six announcements that's going to happen during the opening ceremony because I don't think there is. I think that there's probably three or four when these six coming soon. There's probably two of those six is going to be dedicated to the same announcement type of a thing. So I want to know what do we expect to see revealed at the opening ceremony? Not not getting into the Hong Kong, China, BlizzCon, Blitzchung, all that aside. I'm talking about the game announcements that we're going to see, because that's what's exciting about BlizzCon. And that still has a chance to be exciting. Again, we're going to be following BlizzCon's opening ceremony. We're going to be watching to see what they choose to say or choose not to say about all the controversy that's been going on over the past several weeks. But I want to just focus specifically on the unknowns right now, the coming soons, the game announcements. What do we expect to see revealed? Uh, Thank you, Frank. I know what you I want, want it. What, what, no, what I want to see, and if I do this right, um, might set my heart a Twitter, is I want them to start talking about Diablo Immortal, for real, like, go in depth on it. Oh, I guarantee you they will. No, but, like, to start off with it, and then, like, have it, like, what, what's it, like the screen effect where, like, the, 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 the film, like, burns away. Got, yeah, film dissolve, yeah. Yeah, because nobody has mobile phones there. So after that, like after like it'll burn away with the flames of hell and then like have a like, pretty much announcing Diablo four. Diablo four is one of the big rumors for this year and so much so that there was like a leaked 
art book or something uh, last week where whoever printed this, it was some art book over in Germany had mentioned Diablo four. So if that's legit, I think it's safe to say we are going to see Diablo four at BlizzCon this year. I know Blizzard last year was really upset about the reception to Diablo Immortal. We, we, (laughs) We knew we knew in the spring of this year that they were doing everything they could to try to have a announcement ready for BlizzCon for Diablo 4 this year. So it would not surprise me if one of those unknowns is Diablo 4. Or actually, I would probably wager to bet two of those six coming soon panels are going to be dedicated to Diablo 4. Uh, whether it's going in depth with the lore, the story, the characters, the gameplay, whatever, they'll probably spread that out between two panels. You know who I feel bad for is Wyatt Chang. Yeah, he needs to he needs to announce Diablo 4. That dude needs a little help. The guy, and the poor guy that had to announce the uh, immortal. Yeah. He he announced it like, you know, when you were kids and you like you called a girl's house and the dad answered and, and you're just like so unsure of what you're doing that you just want to hang up and walk away. He's like, hi, guys, um, we're going to announce Diablo Immortal and it's a great uh, experience uh, on your mobile phone. And everyone's like, <laughs> like, this guy needs to come back out and be like, make a joke out of it. Get some. Get some good positive fan interaction and then announce Diablo 4. From New York over there. (laughs) Dude, when I heard about this, I was like, are you effing kidding me right now? Like, is this a thing? I didn't even think that Blizzard would ever release a mobile game for Diablo because, I mean, Diablo's boring enough as it is sometimes that (laughs) you shut your dirty whore mouth. I love Diablo. I love Diablo, but... If you just run around and hit people with your phone, I, I just feel like there's already 58 games like that on the marketplace right now. You mean like you know, no, it's a, no, a, a boring Blizzard game? World of Warcraft. Running around literally hitting people with your phone? That sounds That actually dangerous. sounds like a really fun game. That sounds dangerous. That sounds I dangerous. I have AppleCare, so phone I'm cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> obviously, we, uh, we pretty much know that we're going to get confirmation of the next World of Warcraft expansion, uh, the retail expansion, Classic. I don't know if they're going to say anything for Classic at BlizzCon or not. They'll, they'll probably it's casually new. mention it during the opening ceremony, maybe talk about the upcoming um, update. But, you know, they just dropped Dire Maul. Uh, what was it on the 15th? So they'll probably maybe talk about the PVP stuff being added soon. But I don't expect it to get its own panel. If it did, that'd be crazy. I don't think that's one of the coming soons because there was no WoW Classic dedicated panel on the schedule. And I don't think there will be. But I, I do don't think, think it that. I don't think it does either, but I do think that one of those coming soon panels will be dedicated, if not two of the coming soon panels will be dedicated to the new World of Warcraft expansion. Uh, We'll probably go and, you know, we'll get an in-depth expansion on the lore and probably some of the changes. That's that's usually what they do. Um, I don't know exactly, but they do have a QA and a already scheduled for Warcraft. Uh, There's already one or two other World of Warcraft panels scheduled. So we might only get one coming soon panel on the new expansion, but it'll at least be one. And I'm really curious to see what that expansion ends up being. I don't think any of the quote unquote leaks are going to be exactly as we've seen so far. What, None of them have hit the, the head. direction is going to be? I do think that it'll have some direction with the Shadowlands, whether it's through the old gods or whether it's through the world of death. I do think that'll somehow play into the new expansion. 
But I also buy into the fact that because if you've been and I've recently got really back into retail Warcraft, I've been playing a lot of it lately, uh, got my resto set up, did some of the raids as as a healing druid and had a lot of fun. I thought healing is probably what's going to get me through the next expansion because I like to change it up every now and then. But if you do the new content with the Heart of Azeroth stuff, the the stuff that was just recently added, where you can add new like effects onto it and do certain things, it's all centered around the dragon aspects. So I do think that the you know the the dragon flights are going to play a major part in the next expansion as well. So much so that there's a lot of rumors that we might end up doing something with the Dragon Isles, which would be kind of cool. I don't know if it's going to be an entire expansion centered on that because I don't know if that's enough content by itself to to take an expansion forward, especially because Blizzard has to knock this one out of the park. They know that. I don't. If they don't, they're in the most trouble they've ever been in. Warcraft is already in trouble. Now, is there any chance this could be the last expansion leading into World of Warcraft 2? Absolutely. Any, any expansion could be the last expansion leading into World of Warcraft 2, but I don't know that there ever will be a World of Warcraft 2. I think they'll just keep updating the same Warcraft, you know, the the engine already looks 10 times better now than it did five years ago. If you go like to Northrend, look at those zones, which was 2012. So seven years ago, that looks so much different than the zones that they added in Battle for Azeroth. Like they continuously up the graphics, they continuously up their resolution each time they make new stuff. I think what they're more likely to do is revamp the world again in a kind of cataclysm style, up the graphics to some of the older zones, revamp some of the stuff that needs to be done. And there's been so many signs pointing to them doing a level squish now instead of a stat squish where they take us back to 60 and we kind of start over. I think they would do that to keep the content more in line with one another and not have to start over with a WoW 2 instead of literally making a start over with a WoW 2. Can I tell you what I want? Yeah. I'm going to tell you what I want. Tell me what you want, what you really, really want, Sean. I'll tell you what you want, what you really want. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to, really, that was my Spice Girls on crack. So that was actually. The Spice Girls are the Spice Girls on crack. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was actually how people sang that back in the day. They would just like go for it. They didn't even try. They try, they try to sing all five Spice Girls parts at the same time. <laughs> them, So I, I want because I, I think Blizzard that's also a possibility. Like, so there's so many ways this next expansion can go. There is a there is a gentleman named Bolvar Four Dragon who is sitting the on Lich a throne, King, baby. Who the hasn't done anything for like three expansions. And this would be a great way to reimagine Northrend. No one has gone there. I don't care who you are. I don't care what you do. If you play retail WoW tomorrow, you can level past Northrend, right? And Easily. so I think they should just revamp the entire zone as if Bolvar has quietly been taking the continent back over and call the next expansion like Return of the Scourge or Scourge Bane or something like that, where the Scourge is back and it's going to threaten the whole world. And Sylvanas is a wild card and she's out there, um, you know, doing her old God stuff and she resurrects Arthas or something like that with her Valkyr and stuff like that. And then you've got Bolvar and you've got to deal with Sylvanas and Arthas and he's trying to vie for the Scourge again. That would be a dope expansion. If you could do that, I'll play tomorrow. Well, I, see, that's, I, I will, that's the thing. That, I'll log back into retail. Well, and get ready for it. That's the thing is that if you remember the uh, storyline 
And I know you didn't play a lot of retail well after you and I initially leveled to 120. Yeah, the breakup was pretty hard. Yeah. If you remember the storyline in um, Tear uh, Tear Scarred Sound with the Proudmores and the House Proudmore, uh, Talia Fordragon is one of the characters that you are assisting throughout that entire storyline. Indeed. And she goes through the entire war campaign with you. So she's a central character of really what's going on in Kultiris and with the Alliance war campaign. So that's Bolvar's daughter. So there's been so many signs pointing to that being something that we're going to do as well. So like I said, there's so many things that they can do with this next expansion. And really, they could kind of lump them all together if they wanted to. We could see, you know, part Shadowlands. We could see part Dragon Isles. We could see part Lich King again. There is room for all of that to exist within the same expansion centered around a theme of something. So that yeah. is sort of exciting to see. Whatever the case, that still leaves two unknown panels. Uh, there are heavy rumors that we're going to see potentially Overwatch 2 revealed this year, which would be massive if true. And yeah. there's heavy rumors that we'll see a remastered version of Diablo 2 revealed as well. So I did see that, and I would like to say that that would be a great idea, but why haven't they remastered the first one? Yes, but I do think the second one is just probably the fan favorite, which is why they probably jumped right to that one, if that is true. True, true. I realize that Diablo 1 is limited. I mean, three classes, the sorcerer can still wear plate. Uh, you know, it's all the same town. You just go down 50 levels. I get that. I just feel like they could make it into a brand new game. They probably could. They probably could. But I but I do think that the reason they're going to skip it is because it is so limited, as you mentioned, and they'll probably yeah. just jump straight to two because that is the one that everyone has really strong fond memories of. But whatever the case may be, we will have a reaction video next Friday on November 1st, shortly after the opening ceremony concludes. I think it's at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern time is the opening ceremony. Myself and Kyle are planning on being in attendance for the reaction video. So that sucks. Yeah, I mean, if you're free, let me know. We'll get yeah, you in. I was, I was going to try to, but I actually work until noon that day. So ah, oh, that sucks. You know, Got to make that money, baby. But yeah, Kyle and myself will be available to do the reaction video on that day. Uh, we, you know, we are not attending BlizzCon in person, but we do have access to the virtual ticket. So we will be doing a reaction video to the opening ceremony and it'll be hopefully a lot of fun. So tune into our YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash love it on games. Make sure you're subscribed if you're not already. They did another purge where they got rid of like old accounts and spam accounts. I think we lost like 100 subscribers. It's nothing major, but. We um we, we definitely need to we're, we're like I said, we're still trying to push for that 4000 subscribers and then work our way up to 5000. So if you're not yet subscribed, please, please, please make sure you click that subscribe button. Yes. But guys, we've already talked about a little bit. Frank's candy episode earlier. You know, Frank likes candy. I do. I'm so I'm slowly killing myself with diabetes. <laughs> it's Halloween week. Halloween is Thursday. I want to focus on some Halloween centric games for our campaign games this week. Games that are perfect to play around Halloween time. And I got three of them for you. The first one that I want to kick off with is a game that I pre-ordered the day before it came out. I pre-ordered this on the 24th because I wanted to play it that night when it went live at midnight, because I knew I wouldn't have a chance to play it again because, you know, I'm still working at the haunted house and we have to record this episode early on Saturday morning. So I knew I wouldn't really get a ton of time to play it Friday evening. I played some medieval 
Frank, are you picking this up? Eventually. Okay. This. I mean, I, I love the original. Why wouldn't I get this? Yeah, this is a this is a remake of that original game. This feels amazing. Like it, it's such a throwback to the PlayStation one to just hack and slash adventure games like and really Halloween games. We don't see that a lot anymore. This is a perfect Halloween game. Like everything about it is so infused with this time of year. Like it stars a skeleton by the name of Sir Daniel Fortescue. And he is this war hero going off there and trying to now go after Zarok, who is his enemy from when they were alive. Zarok's still alive. Sir Daniel Fortescue is dead. But you play as him and you go across all of these stages. The game is set across stages like you go from one area to another on the map. And it it's just it's so throwback to that style. It's awesome. If you remember from the way Medieval was on the PS1. Like it's set up the same way you go through, you go in there, you kill enemies, you unlock the chalice, you go into the Hall of Heroes after you finish the stage that basically allows you to get a new weapon upgrade or uh, what else do they give you? They give you weapon upgrades. They give you coins. They'll give you uh, what are life bottles, which allow you to come back to life if you, you know, get stuck or die on a boss or something like that. Those are like your fairies from the Legend of Zelda, whatever. You get all that stuff from the Hall of Heroes and then you proceed on to the next stage. And it's like a map where you select the stage you're going to go to kind of like Mario Brothers. And then you go into that one and you repeat the same stuff. It is a repetitive gameplay loop after a while, but it's a lot of fun. And everything is centered around graveyards, is centered around the cemetery. Obviously, you do get into some more, you know, living stuff as well, because you do travel outside of the graveyard eventually. But it's just a lot of fun. And it's a perfect game to play around Halloween time. And they know that. That's why the game came out on the 25th, last Friday. Like, they know that this was the perfect time to release this game. It's very... It's also very Nightmare Before Christmas. It really is. So much so yeah, that... Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the main character is a skeleton guy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Jack Skellington, Sir Daniel Fortescue. So much so that the soundtrack itself, it's very Halloween. Uh, it reminded me a lot, and it's a remastered soundtrack. But I remember having fond memory, and we've played some tracks from Medieval on BG Mania, our video game music podcast before. But listening to some of the redone stuff, it's very Danny Elfman. It really is. And I was talking to Kyle about it because Kyle was playing the Outer Worlds. And I was like, you know, I got to jump to Medieval because it was midnight and Medieval unlocked at midnight on the 25th, like right away on Friday. So I jumped over to that as soon as I could. So I stopped playing the Outer Worlds, which we'll talk about next week on the show. Uh, All four. Well, Frank, I think you'll play it by next week. But myself, Sean and Kyle have been playing it by the night of this. Exactly. (laughs) You'll be playing it tonight. But yeah, myself, Sean and Kyle have been sinking hours upon hours into the outer worlds already. And we'll be talking about that next week. But I love that. I love that game already, dude. It's so good. It's so what did Jessica bring me? She brought me uh, an egg McMuffin. You guys just start playing it like. Did the night it came out? How the hell you sunk hours? Okay, all right. Yeah, I did, actually. We'll talk about it, but I fired that sucker up as soon as I could, and I still wasn't even close to beating Brian on it. Yeah, well, the... um, 
if you play it on Xbox Game Pass, it unlocked at seven Eastern, four Pacific on the the twenty fourth. So oh, and you could oh oh I was gonna say because it wasn't out in, it wasn't out until the twenty fifth. That's why I was like, how the hell do you even do that? Okay, and you could have you could have had it pre installed with Game Pass. So you definitely had um, almost forty eight hours by the time we recorded to play the game, and then. I myself had a couple hour jump on both Kyle and Sean. Uh, 2K did send us a review copy early Thursday morning for the game as well, which I jumped into right away on PS4. So uh, I had a little bit of an extra time to play. So which is why I'm a little bit ahead of you guys. Now, shout out to our boys. Getting back to Medieval, though, it is a great remake and it does recapture the magic of the original while doing just enough to keep it fresh for new and old audiences alike. Uh, I've been having a lot of fun with this. I'll probably finish it up. It's not a long game. If you remember the first medieval, it's not too terribly long, but it's amazing to play through. Uh, definitely. Like I said, if you want to go for all the chalices and go for like a hundred percent run, there's definite replayability, definite reasons to go back and revisit levels that you've already been to. So I don't know, eight, 10 hours probably is my guess in terms of playtime to finish this. Not again, not terribly long, but it's a great game to sit down and play around Halloween time because of the music and because of the setting. So this has been an absolute blast for me to play through so far this week. Uh, I'll probably finish it. You know, I probably will finish it this week because I, I don't think it would feel as fun playing it outside of this season. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's the perfect it's like, time. It's like it's eating Christmas time. stuff after uh, January 1st, right? Like you just, it kind of is, it. it kind of is like I, I, I could sit down and play medieval whenever, I guess I probably shouldn't have said it that way because it is a great game that I do think, uh, would, you know, be fun at any time of the year, but it's definitely more fun because of the aesthetic of Halloween. No, I, guess, I agree. It's the like, best way to it's say like that. watching a scary movie on Easter Sunday. Like you just, it, it, people don't usually do it. You know, like, you could love do it. It'd be focus. fine. I love Hocus Pocus, but I can't watch that, you know, in May. It's, on, it's tough. On July 4th. Yeah. yeah. It's tough to watch that on Independence Day. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what the movie Independence Day is for. On, exactly. On July 4th. Exactly. Or the Katy Perry song. Yeah. Fireworks. Yeah, firework. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. The next game I want to talk about, I finally got to sit down and check out after I've had it since it came out. The Dark Pictures Anthology Man of Medan, which is the new interactive drama from the same team that brought us until dawn. Supermassive games. So it's definitely one of those where uh, you can play through this game so many times and get a different story, different endings, different things happening each time you play, because it's a choose your own adventure style of game that these guys at Supermassive are really strong at doing. If you remember until dawn, which Sean, I know you haven't played, but Frank and I, I know Frank, you've played until dawn. You know, that song is actually in Man of Medan twice, Nice, Um, but it's remixed versions and like different versions of the song. So it's it wasn't like it was definitely more like I don't want to say calm in Until Dawn, that song, but it's definitely there's a metal version in Man of Medan. (laughs) So that like I think I honestly think that's going to be the song that connects all of these games together. I really do. But anyway, so, yeah, (laughs) but the team is really good at doing these style of games. So when Man of Medan first starts, you're in a post World War Two prologue set upon an American warship and then without giving too much away, because a lot of the game is about really what happens. Something happens on the ship and every person on board perishes. Uh, 
You fast forward to the present day. It takes like maybe 20 minutes to play, play through that prologue. Fast forward to the present day. And the prologue has nothing to do with the outcome of the story. It's just kind of to set up some backstory stuff. Fast forward to present day and you have five friends are planning a dive in the Pacific Ocean to find a downed World War II bomber plane. You have Brad, Alex, his girlfriend, Julia, Julia's brother, Conrad, and the skipper of the boat. Her name is Fliss. These are your five characters that you are in direct control over throughout various points of the story and making decisions. And your decisions are going to alter the outcome, alter their fate. Every character can live. Every character can die or a mix. You can have three survive and two die. It's up to how you play. During the dive, they find an old treasure map leading to something known as Manchurian gold. This starts the events of the story. And again, it's up to you and your decisions to determine who lives, who dies, and really the outcome of the story. And there are villains as well that you're going to interact with. So my first time playing, I and I played through the game twice because once you play through it the first time, you can do scene selection. You could skip around. You could start at various points of the story. And it's definitely a lot easier to get different endings and see different stuff that way. So I did play through it twice and saw two of the endings so far. My first playthrough, I lost one of the uh, one of the characters, but it wasn't one of the main five because there are other characters in the game besides those five who you sort of have control of whether they live or die based off various decisions. I lost one of those characters and I was really upset about it because I was trying to do like a perfect run through Man of Medan the first time with nobody dying. Uh, but I didn't I didn't achieve that. I, I screwed something up like three-fourths of the way through. I missed one of the QTEs, and that really just totally threw my entire game off. And it sucks that just one missed thing can do that, but I get it. Like, what was happening, I messed up. And yeah, if I would have messed up in real life, I probably would have been dead as a character. So I, I get that. So I lost that character. I think it was the great Sammy Hickerher once said, miss a beat, lose the rhythm. Nothing falls into place. He did. <laughs> he, he, he did say that. Uh, he also said he can't. He also said he can't drive fifty five. Yeah. <laughs> but I, oh, uh, I, I quickly went back to the spot where I screwed up, and after I finished the game the first time, and then replayed it from that spot again to see the ending where everybody survived that could survive. So it was fun, man. Man of Medan. It's not like, it's it's not a survival horror game. It's definitely an interactive drama with a lot of jump scares and a lot of creepy moments. It's very intense. Another great game to play around. The, and I played it in the middle of the night. It was like 2 a.m. I fired it up. I had the lights off. I definitely kind of put myself in that setting. I'm down here. My studio's in the basement. I'm all alone. Jessica was upstairs sleeping. Like it was definitely creepy, just kind of up to the max because of that alone. But I did that across two nights. I did it one night and then another night. And then I finished it on the second night. The game's like four and a half hours long, just like Until Dawn was. These games aren't meant to be super long. They're meant to be played through multiple, multiple times because of all the different endings and the different stuff that can happen. Uh, oh, definitely okay. another That's great game that I do recommend. Pants. Mm, maybe for you. The brown sweats? I don't get that scared. <laughs> what if you just don't want to get up because you're playing it and you're loving it so much. Well, that's when you, uh, that's when you, I don't know. I don't know. Frank got, like scared. A deuce. Frank got scared going to some backwoods, somebody's backyard haunted house. I was scared. Okay, first of all, anything backwoods I'm scared of too, so I don't blame him at all. <laughs> I 
don't need a deliverance moment in my life. I'm okay, you know. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, guys. Brian here from the Max Level Podcast. Do not forget about the contest we are currently running the entire month of October. We're giving away one $10 gift card to a storefront of your choice for both Max Level and BG Mania. And all you have to do to enter is leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and then contact us letting us know you did so. You can enter for both shows and as many times as you'd like. It just all depends on how many Apple accounts you have access to. We'll be drawing the winner on next week's show. So you have until October 31st, that's this Thursday, Halloween, October 31st, to finish entering the contest. The winner for Max Level will be announced next week on November 4th, and the winner for BG Mania will be announced on November 6th. Thanks to everyone who has already entered, and thank you in advance to those who do so this week. The last game I want to talk about, I, I want to be so brief on because... I think that really saying much more than the fact that I finally played this game and the fact that anyone listening needs to play this game to experience it. It is a free download on Steam. Uh, it's been out for a couple years now, and I finally just got around to sitting down and playing it because, again, this is another perfect game to play around this time period. It's called Doki Doki Literature Club. It is a visual novel to an extent. It mostly is, but it's kind of like uh, Frank, you and I talked about it two weeks ago on BG Mania, Corpse Party. It's very much in the same style as Corpse Party, but it's been out for a couple years now on Steam. It is, again, it's a free download, and it stars these anime girls, but it's not a cutesy game. It makes it look like it is initially, but it's very sadistic, it's very twisted, and it has some great, like, elements to the narrative that need to be experienced. Again, if you don't like visual novels, that's okay, because it's meant to be about the the creepiness. It's meant to be this game is a horror game through and through. That's all I want to say. Doki Doki Literature Club. I finally sat down and played it. Anyone listening, I'm telling you right now, I highly recommend this. Check this out. The storytelling is incredible. There's a reason that it has so many amazing reviews on Steam. So check that out again. Again, I don't want to say anything more because it is a short game. Play this game. Definitely, definitely recommended. <laughs> you like that? Who screamed? That was me, man. I can get up there when needed. I can get up there when needed. I work at a haunted house, son. <laughs> what hell, Hakuna? You don't like Sammy I Hagar? I did not expect that from you. That was that was that was the best. You don't oh like Sammy Hagar? You don't like Sammy Hagar? Draw no, with he's you. Cabo Wabo, baby. I thought I'd get you off guard with that, but no, you were ready. <laughs> you Cabo Wabo, right. baby. <laughs> Before we get to the game challenge update, it's time for this week's preview of BG Mania, a video game music podcast. We'll be taking a listen to Halloween from Animal Crossing, as this week myself and Frank listened to a spooky eclectic mix for Radio Hour Volume 28. Enjoy.
Don't forget to catch this week's episode of BG Mania, a video game music podcast, this Wednesday at 5 a.m. Eastern on your favorite podcast app of choice. All right, Frank, let's update the game challenge for this week. Did you finish anything? And I do know the answer to this. I did not. I played, a, <laughs> I, I, I played a completely, totally different game called Call My Credit Card Company because one of you assholes stole my credit card number. <laughs> yeah, the old latest victim of identity theft. Who, why, I don't why, even any, know why. Why anyone, why anyone would want to steal your identity, I don't have no idea. Why steal mine? I don't have enough money to pay my rent. You want to freaking... You got a $500 credit limit and they took I, it. I, it, it. That, that was... I do have a low a low card, and that's the one they tried to steal. Like, go for my other one. My other one you can buy a freaking house with. <laughs> oh, I love it. Buy fast food. I would never notice. That's okay. You still have... This is your last week. You could have done nothing and been okay still because you finished so many games a couple weeks ago. Uh, you should be at 43 games. You're still at 44. So you're still one ahead of where you need to be. Next week... Plus, uh, I, do have, fin- I do have my yearly playthrough of Monster uh, Party coming up soon, so that's going to happen at least. Oh, yeah. Nice. True. Nice. True. 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 I, I, I myself am doing quite good. I should be at 86 games. I'm at 91 right now. I finished oh, three nice. games this week. No, I, fi- I, I, I was decently ahead oh, last week. Ahead last week. That's right. That's right. I, I was decently ahead last week, and then I finished three games this week. So besides Man of Medan and besides Doki Doki Literature Club, both of which I finished, I have not finished Medieval yet. I also finished uh, Ghostbusters, the video game remastered this week. Oh, that, it was... Okay. It definitely okay. um it doesn't hold up as strong as I was hoping it would. I mean the game is, you know, it came out I think in 2009 so it's roughly 10 years old. Uh it was fun back on the 360 and the PS3. It's still a fun game. It's still a great Ghostbusters game and it's definitely like I said it's it was kind of meant to be a sequel to the it's movies. It's the true it's the true sequel. Yeah, it was meant to be a sequel to the movies. So if you're a fan of Ghostbusters, you absolutely owe it to yourself if you've never played this game to at least play through it for the story. The gameplay definitely, uh, you know, it's rooted in its time of 10 years ago. There are a lot better games out now, but it's still a fun game to play through for the story. But I did sit down and finish that as well. So that takes me to 91. I should be at 86. So I'm definitely you know, in a good spot. I'm five ahead of where I should be. And I know, again, there's at least two games that I'll be finishing this week. So I I think going forward, I'm going to be just fine. And I'm actually going to finish well above my goal by the end of the year, which is really cool. We have a mansion to beat this week, man. Luigi's mansion. Yes, we do. Yeah. I don't know if I'll finish that this week, though. Uh, Just because I work on on Halloween and then Friday and Saturday. (laughs) True that, homie. True that. Yeah, so I don't know that I'll get to finish it, but I will start it. And we will also be talking about Luigi's Mansion on next week's show as well, because I, are you buying that one, Sean? Are you getting Luigi's Mansion? Probably not. I, okay. I activated. Well, myself, Frank and Kyle are all getting Luigi's Mansion. And between the three of us, we should have a little bit of time to play it over, you know, those three days so where we can still talk I'm about it on Luigi the show. I'm going to all over the place. I bet you will. Oh, yeah. I See, bet you the will. The problem is you're talking to a guy that still doesn't have a PS4. Like, you shouldn't be surprised at any level if I say I'm not going to do something. You know what I mean? Like, I get up <laughs> disappointing. I get it. Yeah, that's what they've always said. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know. Yeah, like I can't see anybody saying about it, Sean. He's just a big walking disappointment. It's what I've heard for 10 plus years now. (laughs) I've heard that he's long and strong and known to get the friction off. I'm like a hockey puck. Yeah. Round, flat. No, that's Frank. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You're not flat here, baby. That music right there means it's time 
for the seven day forecast for the week of October 28th. But first, we have some Metacritic results to get to from last week. We did several games last week. We did seven of them. Let's start off. Destiny Connect, TikTok Travelers. I said 72. Frank said 72. Sean said 72. Kyle said 70. Seven reviews for the Nintendo Switch version. 60. The official Metacritic. Kyle takes the point with Son his 70. Bitch. The three of us got screwed by that. <laughs> yep, he, he got, somehow got the point out of that one. Moons of Madness was next. I said 76. Frank said 77. Sean said 78. Kyle said 77. Five reviews on the PC version so far. 76 is the official Metacritic. I was closest with my perfect guess of 76. Trails of nice. Cold Steel 3 was next. I said 89. Frank said 84. Sean said 81. Kyle said 88. 22 reviews. 82, the official Metacritic. Sean closest with his 81 guests. Nice. Yeah, nice. So uh, right now it's a three-way tie. Kyle, myself, and Sean all with one point. WW2K20 was next. I said 70. Frank said 72. Sean said 78. Kyle said 80. Only four reviews so far, but that does still give us a Metacritic. An abomination of 41. Woo! I hate taking the point on a 41, but I was closest with my 70 eh, guess. <laughs> I know. That's rough, dude. That yeah. is rough. Like, I think I think you get 50 just for publishing a game. Like <laughs> uh, no. Uh, we will uh we will have quite a bit more to say on WW2K20 here shortly. Call of Duty Modern Warfare is next. I said 89. Frank said 85. Sean said 86. Kyle also said 86. 19 reviews for the PS4 version. 86 is the official Hot Metacritic. Dog. Are you serious? Yep. Sean and Kyle both get a point with their 86 guess, which still keeps oh, it yeah. at a three-way tie. Kyle, Sean, and myself all tied with two points right now. Medieval was next. I said 80. Frank said 84. Sean said 80. Kyle said 81, 52 reviews, 67, the official Metacritic. Wow, they don't like it? That's yeah, nice. a lot of, uh, well, uh, a lot of people said it didn't do anything new because it is just like a, a basic, straightforward remake. So I, I get some That's of the scores. That's not fair. But I'm enjoying it. I wouldn't have given it that low. Uh, but that being said, myself and Sean both get a point with our guess of 80. We both were the low on that one. So... We now have myself and Sean tied with three points, which means it comes down to the Outer Worlds, which was our last game. I said 91, oh, Frank said 89, Sean said 87, Kyle said 92. 59 reviews for the PS4 version, 86. The official Metacritic, Sean closest with 87. Which yes! means, once again this week, Sean with the victory. Let me just sit here and say one thing. You ready? Are you ready? I'm ready. I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready? I'm ready. Welcome, punch. <laughs> Suck it. I don't care. I. You know what? I had a hard time with this one because I thought I botched the uh, the WWE one, but that 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 was a good comeback. I'll take WWE it. WWE botched the WWE. I, I shouldn't have won that. <laughs> <laughs> That uh, that takes Sean well into second place, though. Uh, I'm still sitting in first with 12 points, but Sean now half that six points second place. Kyle and Frank tied for last at four points for the year so far. Dang, dang. Not bad. Not bad. Sean, you're on the road. better if we could just change the way we do this again. Yeah, exactly. You haven't won since. Because <laughs> you were gaming the system. Sean, yes. uh, Sean, you've won like three weeks in a row now, so you're definitely on a roll. Yeah. Doing, doing very you, well. Sir. Doing Thank very you. well. 
But that takes us now to the games coming out this week. We're skipping over today, Monday, October 20th. We got nothing coming out. Moving on to tomorrow, Tuesday, October 29th. Coming to PC, PS4, Xbox One. It is After Party. From the creators of Oxenfree comes another captivating narrative adventure. In After Party, you are Milo and Lola, recently deceased best buds who suddenly find themselves staring down an eternity in hell. With an intelligent conversation system that changes the story and your relationships based on every decision, uncover personality quirks and foggy history during the wild events of the night. Go on a hellish bender, uncover the mystery of your damnation, and drink Satan under the table. I cannot wait to play this game. We've been talking about it for so long. Uh, it's finally coming. It is a game that because I know all of us have Xbox Game Pass right now, this is included on Xbox Game Pass this week. So this is a game that we can all play with our current subscription because I know we're all playing the Outer Wilds or the Outer Worlds. Uh, Outer Wilds came out a couple months ago. Um, so all of you have uh, all of you have access to this. I highly recommend checking it out. But let's take a shot at the Metacritic guesses. Please. Ooh, after party. After party, baby. Oh, yeah. Where the party yet? All right, <laughs> what do we got here? Reveal in three, two, one, go. Oh, no, 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 no. My number lock was off. All right. It's there. an 84 for Frank, an 80 for me, and an 80 for Sean. Yeah. That sounds, that sounds that. about right. You're coming in there and stealing my thunder. 81 for Kyle. Kyle's not here. <laughs> but if he was here, he probably would have came in there and been somewhere around that point because he likes to just sneak in there and be different. Or he would have been an 84 because we all tie on things. So, yeah. yeah, uh, yeah, after yeah, party, yeah. I, I'm definitely looking forward to this, though. I, I think this is going to be a great game. And I'm really looking forward to see how um, Ox, you know, the team really handles this because Oxfree was an amazing game. Also, coming out tomorrow, Tuesday, October 29th, to PC, Nintendo Switch, and PS4, it is Atelier Ryza, Ever Darkness, and The Secret Hideout, which placed pretty damn high. I was really surprised. Placed pretty damn high on our Thunderdome list. Uh, I, I was surprised to see this game get up there as much as it did. The main yeah, character yeah, yeah. is Ryza, an ordinary girl. Tired of boring village life, she escapes the village to gather with her good friends at a secret location to talk of their dreams and plan thrilling adventures. One day, the determined Ryza and company decide to head for the forbidden island across the shore as their first exploration trip. Together with the alchemist and other friends they meet there, they have a summer adventure that they will never forget. Uh, a lot of people have been saying that this is one of the better Atelier games to ever be made. It looks so, good. I remember talking about this and I was like, wow, no, you, you, I, I couldn't you said believe the, it. You, you said the game looked amazing, which I was kind of surprised by. So let's take a shot at this one. I, I really want to see where this falls in. Metacritic guesses, please. Okay, 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 okay. Okay, okay. Reveal in three, two, one, go. 78 for me, a 73 for Sean, and a 72 from Frank. That sounds about right. Thought, Somewhere in the- I thought I was taking the low on that, yeah. Somewhere in the um, somewhere in that 70 range, I, I do have a feeling that's probably where that game's going to fall in place. I think that's a good guess. Uh, I'm hoping this game does really well, man. I really am. I want to I want to see it succeed. It's crazy to base a whole round just one whole game. Remember the Wu Tang Clan? Clan. I mean, <laughs> <Rainbow, but> <laughs> oh man. Yeah, I don't know. I, I saw a little bit of this, and I do have access. To, I haven't sat down and actually had uh, time to start it yet, but I do already have access to the game. It kind of reminds me a lot of, and this is just basic observations off of some screenshots and some things, early stuff that I saw. It does kind of look like East 8 to me, just based on the setting on an island. So I, I'm hoping it is anywhere remotely as good as East 8 was, because I really did enjoy that game. Also coming tomorrow, Tuesday, October 29th, the PC, Nintendo Switch, and PS4, it is Disney Classic Games, Aladdin, and the Lion King. 
two of the most beloved Disney games of all time make their long-awaited return to modern consoles and Disney classic games, Aladdin and the Lion King. This unforgettable package of Disney classics is filled with tons of new features, enhancements, game modes, and display options, plus multiple versions of the games. Join Aladdin and his sidekick Abu as they race through the marketplace toward their date with Destiny. Relive Aladdin's classic adventure as you travel through Agrabah, the Cave of Wonders, and more to defeat Jafar and rescue Jasmine. Jump, fight, dodge, and carpet ride Whoa! your way through this adventure, collecting gems along the way. After you're done playing that, the Lion King brings to life the majesty of mystery of, of Africa through the tale of Simba, a lion cub faced with a challenging transition to maturity. Now you too can be part of the adventure. Driven into the wilderness by his evil uncle Scar, Simba finds salvation and Hakuna Matata with Pumbaa and Pumbaa the Warthog and Timon the Meerkat. Tackle heinous hyenas in the elephant's graveyard. Avoid the trampling hooves of stampeding wildebeest as you battle through 10 levels to ensure Simba claims his rightful place as the Lion King. Good luck finishing that one. Hard yeah, know, right? as fuck. <laughs> that, that, that game is a lot like Wu Tang Clan. Ain't no fucking Wu Tang Clan ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> Aladdin is not an easy game either, but Aladdin is definitely much more accessible than The Lion King. At that least game. Well, it's a password system, so, you know. Yeah, there is, but The Lion King, man, just back in the day, that was one of the hardest games to come out on the SNES and Genesis. Like, that was a that rough game, game, dude. was so difficult. I cannot I wait for died. a new generation. I was the best. Yeah? I didn't think you finished it right away. Well, delayed satisfaction. Uh, <laughs> I'm excited no, for a new these, generation. These games are difficult as hell. They are, and I'm excited for a new generation to get to experience these games that have yet to play them. Uh, I am picking this up. I will. I will buy it on the Switch. Uh, this is a this is a compilation that I really do want to own because it's two great games, two of the best games based on Disney IPs that have I think ever been it's made. Five games altogether, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, because you have the SNES version and the Genesis version of like each one plus something else. So uh, it, it's definitely, uh, and I think it's only thirty dollars. So it's a great it's a great price point. I gotta tell you what I can't stand real fast on those. Yeah. It is so aggravating to be playing the hardest level I've ever played when I was like freaking, when did this come out? When we were like eight or 10 or some BS like that. Yeah. And all you hear is the, like the do 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 like this happy song in the background and you're like, I hate this effing game. I'm so sick and tired of dying. And it's just cause you can't land on top of the giraffe when you're doing that circle of life crap and they're they're doing I just can't wait to be king in the background. It ruined a lot of things for me. Actually That was That was one of the hardest levels. <laughs> infuriating. I was like, what well, F this movie? Like to this day I still watch The Lion King, I'm like, I freaking hate this. So yeah. It was rough, dude. It was rough. It was rough. It was, job. it was rough. It was rough. Yeah, yeah. Our last game tomorrow, Tuesday, October 29th, coming to Nintendo Switch, PS4, and Xbox One. It is Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD. Hold Whoa! onto your bananas because Super Monkey Ball Banana Blitz HD is rolling your way. Experience the magic of one of the most beloved titles in the series, now remastered in HD. Take back your bananas from the space alien pirate king, Captain Nekrabushin. I guess how you say that name, I really don't know and race through over 100 colorful stages and challenge your friends and family to 10 fan favorite party games. Sweet! I remember talking about this when we uh, talked about it getting announced. This is the Super Monkey Ball game that I skipped over. Uh, it's the one that came out on the Nintendo Wii that I never got around to playing. Uh, thanks to our friends over at Sega, I have been playing this for the better part of about two weeks now. Uh, I will have a review up for this this coming up week uh, when everyone else puts theirs up. This is a fun game. I've really been enjoying it. Uh, I, I, it just it just reminds me so much 
of when the GameCube came out and one of the launch titles I had was Super Monkey Ball. And I just remember so many hours being sunk into that game. I used to play it all the time. I was a huge fan of Monkey Ball back in the day. And this just kind of reinvigorated my love of the franchise. I've been definitely having a lot of fun playing this. So keep an eye out for my review this week. Nothing on Wednesday, October 30th, moving on to Halloween, Thursday, October 31st, the last day this week, because we have nothing on Friday, November 1st this week. So we have two more games coming out. The first one coming to Nintendo Switch and PS4, it is Ghost Parade. There's something spooky in the woods, and it needs your help. Your walk home takes an otherworldly turn as you become lost in a dark, mysterious forest. Join a mystical battle to protect the supernatural inhabitants from those who are trying to level their home for profit. Team up with 30 ghostly companions, each one lending its unique magical ability to help you on your way. Explore beautifully realized environments in the spine-tingling, scrolling action adventure brimming with surprises and original character designs. Working together, everyone has a ghost of a chance to safely make it home. This game looks nice. adorable. I cannot wait to play this game. It looks so charming. It looks like so much fun. Our last game coming out this week on Thursday, October 31st, coming to Nintendo Switch. It is Luigi's Mansion 3. Slam, blow away, and vacuum up ghosts with the all-new Poltergust G00. And join forces with Gooigi to overcome the puzzling contraptions and mischievous boss on each themed floor. And that's just a last resort. Enter the Scarescraper for eight-player local wireless or online co-op gameplay. See if you can defeat all the ghosts, rescue all the toads, or clear other objectives before time runs out in the Scarescraper. And for more minigame madness, compete on teams at the Scream Park. Whether you play with friends or wander the hotel alone, you'll be sucked in by the atmospheric music and ghoulish decor of every cobwebby corner you explore. Why not take in the cinematic sights and sounds with a friend? In the main adventure, you and a friend can play together as Luigi and Gooigi in two-player co-op. Gooigi can walk on spikes, slip through tight spaces, and help Luigi overcome obstacles he can't tackle alone. Never hurts to have a friend in this hotel. It may not be very spooky, but Luigi begs to differ. <laughs> Metacritic guesses, please. Reveal in three, two, one, go. 82 from me, 72 from Frank. Oh, 93. I, I saw the 72 before. 93 from Frank. Okay, not even a 93. 90 fucking three from Frank. A 90 from Sean and an 82 from myself. I was not expecting to be the low on an 82. Why Why so high on that? Luigi's Mansion has been amazing. The I mean, Luigi's Mansion 1 was good. 2 was good. Uh, that was the Game Boy 1, if I'm not mistaken, correct? The DS? Uh, yes. Dark Dark Moon was 3DS. I remember yeah, that. 3DS. That game pissed me off because the last fight <laughs> ridiculous. It just seems like they took it up. To, it keeps getting better. It looks like they, they keep taking it to the next level. It does. But if, if I'm not mistaken, the Metacritics for the first two games weren't that high. Well, that's right, because people on. are fucking stupid, but I feel that like people are getting better. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't I don't I, I, I don't want to say like I, I think they were probably somewhere in the mid to, to low 80s. 78. Yeah, there you go. So even 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 even, Mansion. even lower than I thought. <laughs> it's gonna surprise you. This, this is gonna rank up there with Breath of the Wild. I I don't think there's a fucking chance in hell that it ranks up there with Breath of the Wild. I think it's gonna get lucky to get above an 85. I really I, do. I, I so here, my, here's the this problem. This might be the magnum opus for the, uh, the, the the Switch. Not a damn chance. Dark Dark Moon got 86. Okay. So they've progressively been going up, like Frank said, and, and you know, I, I, I go up to a ninety-three. I don't think it's a ninety-three. I think it's, I think it's borderline eighty-nine, ninety. Um, 
I think 82 is maybe a little low, but I think that's safe. I'm pretty sure you're going to get the point on that one. Most which likely. Is why you, which is why you <laughs> threw down the score, you know? But I, I think that there's so much hype around this game, and I think that there are t- a ton of people who appreciate it based off of the second one. Sure, that you might yeah. get a little more, a little better reception it's, than the first it's, one. It's also you know? like, it's technically a mainline Mario game, kind of. Uh, and those, you know, what do we have? Uh, we have Odyssey. So this is like the, this is like the second big one for the Switch. Yeah, I mean the the mainline Mario games are all about saving other people, and I just feel like the Luigi games are about him getting out of a pickle. You know, like I I really enjoy the Luigi games, but it's just I the the Luigi's Mansion like mantra has worn on me. You know what I mean? Like it, the formula is kind of but you the get same to be like Luigi. <laughs> I, I hear you. Look, I love green, bouncy things. I loved Flubber. Flubber was a great movie. You know, I, I just, I don't, I don't see myself playing it loving Guiji on this one. I, re- I realize people are probably going to be like killing me for that, but that's, that's fine. That's okay. <laughs> before, before we do pick of the week, because Sean does get pick of the week. Before we do pick of the week, we have to throw in our Metacritic guesses for Death Stranding. Because the reviews go up this Friday, November first, for Death Stranding. Oh, so okay. we won't. All right, let's I, do it. I, and, and I want to get this game in there for guesses. So I'm not doing the description because the game doesn't come out this week. We'll read it. Uh, the game comes out on the eighth, so we will talk about it next week in the in the weekly forecast. But because the reviews go up before we record that episode, I want to do our guesses for this. So let's get our Metacritic guesses in for Death Stranding. Reveal in three, two, one, go. 92 from me, 86 from Sean, 79 from Frank. The complete opposite. I, I try wow. to take a low on this one just because I don't know how the movies are going to come out. Just because, yeah, it's, it's a safe way to potentially get a point. Yeah, uh, just in case it ends up bombing. Um, I'm banking on Kojima alone with that 92. Like, uh, I, yeah, again, that's a safe bet. I don't know exactly how this game is going to go because we've seen a lot of stuff about it and it's crazy. I think it could score high based on Kojima alone. Even if this game wasn't that great, I could still see it scoring high based on Kojima alone. I mean, yeah, because it, it could be ranked high as an art piece. Correct. Here's the issue that I have with rating games on Metacritic is you often look at other games as a barometer and you wonder, OK, like, is this good enough to beat this game or that game or whatever? Sure. You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah. And, and so I look at it and I'm like, OK, does this game have the potential to knock off like, uh, you know, a Breath of the Wild or something like that? And I, and I know a Breath of the Wild got 96, but like, is it even close? I don't think it's going to be even close. I, I want it to be, but I just don't I don't see it happening. Like you have to score really high, you know, to to. You have to do really well to score in even in the 90s on Medicare. You gotta get, you gotta get right? a lot of tens. Yeah, you gotta get a lot of tens. Yeah. So that's 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 a tough ask. I think he could do it. It's just he's been so mum about the game. You know what I mean? Which is why it could be amazing. There's I mean, there's it, so much it, stuff that we could, could not be. know. Yeah, exactly. I agree. It it's just be. it's a big wild card. Yeah, and I think that's exciting because we, there's a lot of things we don't know about the game. So yeah. it's, it's definitely really, really cool. Uh, but pick of the week this week does go to you, Sean. All right. My pick of the week. All right. So this is actually really difficult. And a lot of people would be like, no, it's not. No, it's not. Um, but you know what? I'm, I'm not going to let anyone down. It's It's got to be. Uh, I think it's got to be a tail yet. No, I'm just kidding. It's Luigi's Mansion 3, baby. Three. Baby. Baby. What? 
Yeah, I think <laughs> I think Luigi's Mansion Three is probably the right choice. Um, I think got it's three on our Thunderdome, man. Yeah, I think an argument could have been made for After Party. I think After Party is going to be a fantastic game. But I think After I th- Party would have been good. Yeah, I think Luigi's Mansion Three is the right choice, though. So your official pick of the week this week is Luigi's Mansion Three. Yeah. I quickly want to talk about leveldowngames.com. If you're unfamiliar, we do more than just audio podcasts. All of our content can be found on our main home on the internet, including new weekly episodes of both Max Level and BG Mania. Alongside reviews for the newest release games and accessories, anything we produce on our YouTube channel, and daily news stories. So please, if you aren't a regular visitor of leveldowngames.com, consider bookmarking it and checking it out every so often. It would really mean a lot to all of us and help us out so much as we continue to grow. Podcasts, of course, can always be found on your favorite podcast app of choice every Monday morning for Max Level and every Wednesday morning for BG Mania. There is a fifth dimension beyond that which is known to man. It is a dimension as vast as space and as timeless as infinity. It is the middle ground between light and shadow, between science and superstition, and it lies between the pit of man's fears and the summit of his knowledge. This is the dimension of imagination. It is an area which we call the twilight zone. So you might be wondering, what was that? What the hell was that? I'm wondering what that was. That was the sonic bong. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that? No. That's, I don't. Um, it's from a uh, casino zone. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, is it? Oh, that's okay. Okay, I didn't. I didn't. When you said sonic bong, I was like, I don't. Of course, she went the other way on that one. <laughs> I really don't know. <laughs> Smoke weed every day. That's all I know. (laughs) You may be wondering why we've transitioned into the Twilight Zone. This has been a very interesting week in terms of headlines. And we have changed the name of the segment to the headlines. It's not the weekly uh, the weekly wrap up anymore because we don't do a ton of news stories anymore. We focus on the big stuff. We focus on the headlines. We play the hits, baby. We play the hits, baby. But this week, we've crossed over into this unknown realm. Things are weird. It's Halloween. Things are spooky. It's the Twilight Zone. Yeah, today's show requires a different kind of introduction. It requires a different kind of introduction. It's a place that exists between time, reality. I don't really know the whole spiel of that. You heard it earlier. It's been a while since I've watched The Twilight Zone and and know all that kind of stuff. But it is a place that exists, but it doesn't exist. It's weird, just like our first episode of The Twilight Zone. The tale. That's that's all you fit of the dark. I'm mixing everything together. The tale <laughs> of the disaster like, of like WWE 2K20. <laughs> no, we're running with it. It's everything, man. I are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid of the dark? Is it? It's currently in a reboot. The show is damn good. If you haven't actually watched it yet, I highly recommend it. Uh, all three epi- all three episodes are out by now. Like last yesterday, Friday, the 25th, the third and final episode of the reboot came out. I'm hoping it does well because I want the whole damn show to come back. Uh, it's been, Frank, have you watched it yet? No. 
What are you doing? You're such a big fan yeah. of the show. What I'm are you doing? I'm like hours a day. No, you do not. You laze around 100 hours of the day. Watch I some wish. damn stuff. Play some damn games. Anyway, the tale of the disaster of WWE. Have you guys been watching and seeing what the fuck is going on with 2K20? Speaking of lazing around, yeah, I've watched quite yeah, a few hours. Speaking of, of lazing around, speaking of lazing around. Uh, I've watched a friend of our show, uh, Adam Bacchini, mm-hmm. uh, play quite a bit of this. Mm-hmm. Over on the cultaholic uh, side, this game does not look good. It does not look good. So, for those who are unaware, for those who are unaware, Ukes, the developer behind the WWE games for the better part of, my God, 15 some years. They've been working on those games since the Raw versus SmackDown games of like 2004, 2005. So they've been around for a while. They left the WWE team or the, the development team early this year. So I think it was sometime around the springtime they they you know they decided to no longer work on the WWE games. What prompted that exit? I'll never know, but I really don't know either. See, now we can but, see that they were sorely missed. <laughs> well, and and that's like, so crazy because they made a day of wrestling game of all time. They, they made day of reckoning. Yeah, no. Um well, I'm serious. I'm not even being a jerk. Like that's my favorite one. Oh, it doesn't hold a candle to No Mercy or WrestleMania 2000. I, or, or I even am a fan Revenge. of Revenge. Yeah, WCW, even Revenge. NWO, N64, Black Ninja. Can't be stopped. He can't yep. be stopped. No. <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you see Kyle's Halloween costume? Or his I family's did. Halloween costumes? I so did. good. So good. And and his son dressed up as Ric Flair won the, won the so award. So good. So good. Anyway, um, they... Ukes has been criticized heavily because the WWE games never really did anything spectacular. Like there's a reason why Frank and I even went into like the low 70s for our Metacritic guesses, because a lot of times these games just aren't that great. Like they've for the better part of five, six plus years now, these games just have failed to hit the mark. They're not good, but it's crazy now to look without Ukes on the team how much worse it could have gotten. So Visual Concepts, who I have no issues with, Visual Concepts makes amazing games. This is the studio behind NBA every single year. NBA 2K is the highest rated sports game every single year. The NBA games are amazing. It's the same team. It's so crazy to see how bad WWE 2K20 is because of that. So I looked into it a little bit, and what I found out is that because Ukes left, Visual Concepts, for whatever reason, somehow did not have access to all the same assets and all the same engine properties that that they that they should have had. So they had to retool an old PlayStation 2 engine to get I this game it. working. I knew it. This game is like seven years in the past. Yeah, if you there are side by side screenshots of the same characters from 2K19 and 2K20, the utter difference between the two versions and how much worse they look in 2K20. It's unbelievable. Like the character models look like slightly up resed PlayStation 2 models. But that is because it is running on an engine that was designed for the PS2. It's so absolute crazy 
to think. Some of, these, like, some of these characters, you can't even make out who they are by looking at them. No, you can't. There's no way to tell. It is so crazy. I've played a little bit of 2K20 so far this week. The issue is not only not only is the you know the, the graphics they're not great the character models are awful but it's just so laced with bugs like we were talking a little bit before we started recording about how it well, a lot of the things that are happening remind me of the stuff with like assassin's creed i think it was syndicate that had the issues with like the the facial textures not loading in and then you being able to see like through your face and all you can see is teeth and eyes and it looks like freaking muscle like tendons beneath your face like that shit is happening in 2k20 like Yikes. some of the some of the bugs that you see on social media some of the bugs you see on reddit this shit is absurd why this is happening in 2019 still like and what i understand is that visual concepts did not want to release this game they didn't but wwe wants to have their annualized game come out every single year so they force them to get it out (laughs) but but the the team making this game knew they knew that it wasn't going to be good why? It, you so know what? I, this is that's this the is one thing I want to ask, Vic, man. If I'm not mistaken, like, wasn't like there's was isn't there like a whole mode of this game that's like locked out because it's not done? Is there? I don't know. It's uh the 2K originals, I believe it's called. Like, it, they're like oh, that's the uh, that's the that's the DLC stuff that was never meant to be done right away. So there's okay. there's there's one that was included. If you bought the season pass, there was one of the um. One of the originals that comes with the season pass that you can play now. And then that's their season pass this year. So there's going to be like new original stuff every so often. I don't know how often, but that, yeah, that's DLC. And that wasn't meant to be done oh, right okay, away. Okay. okay. But, yeah, but um, you, you, you said you've been playing the game. I watched the story play out. It's a piss poor story. Oh, my player? Awful, dude. Awful. My, let, let, we could talk about that for a minute. My player is awful. So I thought. When they said that you could play as a male or female character, that it was going to be separate stories for your male and female, like my player characters. I thought you could choose to play as a guy or play as a girl and it would have like different stories, different outcomes, different things you can do. No, 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 no. This my player is all centered around you creating a custom guy and a custom girl. And they are a tandem like they work together. They Come in together and you play as both in the same story. So my player centers around two characters instead of just one this time. And yeah, we talked about how we talked about how the, uh, you know, the graphics are very PS2. I've seen a lot of people comparing the story type stuff and the way that everything is to the Nintendo 64. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, like, and you know what? I watch people so play it and the grappling is just horrendous. Uh, yeah. The only good thing about my player is the male character's name is Frank, but he goes by Trey. <laughs> How do you go from Frank to Trey? It had something to do with like a nickname for, of his. I saw it during the story mode. It's stupid. Hell, her what? nickname is Red because she gets angry. Is, why, is this a joke right oh, now? It's like, are you being... truth. That's so true. What? They're like a couple of uh, friends who have a list of things that they need to do, like and, and, and things like, you know, a superstar might have like win the WWE championship. But one's like compete in the crybaby match. Like, 
pick up butter at Walmart. <laughs> Find out what's inside Undertaker's room. Like, all stupid little things, like... Pay the power bill. <laughs> what is the point of this game? I don't understand. Like, two years now, they've botched it. I don't trust a single thing that WWE is going to put out in a video game format. Well, I think that's one of the questions that we need to ask ourselves about 2K20. Is this, like, the ongoing issue with these annualized releases like if if a game is going to be that bad be like if you're going to get a 41 on metacritic because you put out your game and it's a complete shit show is it even worth it to put it out like you're basically screwing your fans that are going to buy this game because of brand and name recognition alone because they like wwe you are completely screwing your fans out of a good game Instead of putting it out, why not delay it? The game doesn't have to come out in October every time. You no, could delay. You could delay this game for six months and give Visual Concepts time to at least fix some of these issues that are plaguing the game. Well, I'll tell you right now, I I think it's solely on WWE. Oh, it I, is. I they, they, I they forced them out. It, it is. I would not blame anybody. And you know what? They should have acquired all of the assets from all of the WWE games from Ukes. They, they should have. They should have gone in and bought everything if they said, hey, you know what? We're going to release an annualized game. We want to keep the status quo. Let's let's uh, purchase all of the engines and everything and all the assets. Maybe even hire on a couple of the key players from from Ukes. You know, give them jobs and bring them in and let them kind of consult on this process. And it, it's just a shame. It's a money grab. It, and it's unfortunately it. I don't know who else to blame, but Vince, like it, you, you cannot let this go out. This is your product. He doesn't care. He's like, nope, put it out. We want the money. And that's all it is. It's a money the grab. The show has to go on though. It's, it's ridiculous. That's to me. If you're going to do that, you should release a game every three years. If, if, yeah. if all you're going to do is just put out the same thing over and over and, and even something that's, you know, regurgitated from seven years ago, probably. Why not just make a really good game every three years? You'll sell a ton of it and then you can just do the DLC stuff like everyone else does. Why does an annualized game have to work? I'm with you on this, Brian. I think this is a great well, question. They, did, they, did, they didn't used to have to do that. Like, obviously, sports games always have been annualized for the better part of 20 years now. Now. Yeah, but there wasn't a WWE game every year back there then. There was there never used to be a WWE game every single year. Like if you look at like the SNES releases or even to an extent the N64 releases, and we did, I will say there there was a point around the early 2000s where they did start moving to an every year type thing. But there wasn't like if you look at specifically like the AKI games, like WCW versus the world, WCW NWO Revenge, I think there was like a two-year gap between those two games. And then even though, you know, EA and other studios were putting out like WWF Warzone and that kind of stuff or WWF Attitude, uh, the the better games in the AKI ones, WrestleMania 2000, I think, was two years after NWO Revenge. And then No Mercy, I think, was like a year after WrestleMania 2000. But that's be and if you remember, No Mercy, when it first came out, had a game breaking bug in it because they rushed it to get it out like one year after yeah. And then they had to recall a lot of the cartridges and they re-released the game like a year later and it was much better. So I just looked it up. So the last time we had a gap in wrestling games mm -hmm. was from 94 to 2000. From 2000 on, we've had at least a game a year, sometimes more than one in a year. Yeah. But let's talk about that for a sec, because I think that that period of time is different than now. It's apples and oranges. So oh, when you look when you look at the N64 games, yeah, they all came out year after year or close to it. They were the same game. 
because the system that it was on, that was what worked. That's what it was. It didn't matter. You just released a new game with new characters, new skins and new features. But it was the same mechanics. It was the same point of view, everything. The sprites were the same. Then you started getting into the PlayStation era where you had like SmackDown and Warzone and and all these different things coming out. And the PS2 was when it really started like taking off and new features were coming in and you had new things happening every time they released a game. New new stuff came out. It was like a new game. Why are you releasing, going back to that old formula and releasing a game every year that's the same and asking people to pay full price when they're not going to buy it, especially after you botched it two years in a row? Wouldn't it make more financial sense to make a baller game every three years and just offer DLC through that three-year time period? Every time a new superstar releases... You can release DLC packs. Every time there's new pay-per-view stuff, DLC staging packs. Oh, hey, uh, you know, we have a partnership now with freaking Evolve. You can download the Evolve wrestlers. There's a DLC pack. Why are they doing that? Because yeah, so no it, it one is going to uh, go in and buy this now. Doesn't Madden do something to that? I know Madden puts on a yearly thing, but don't they do like roster update kind of deals? They do. They, they do, do roster it. updates throughout the year. Yeah. Like mid-season roster update is huge. Um, But at at the same time, even the Madden games, they're the same game. In fact, the only thing that changes on them year after year is the soundtrack and one new feature, right? Like that's basically it. So why is WWE trying to reinvent the wheel? Well, it seems that WWE does. WWE seems to like... 2K19. WWE messes up the controls every single year. Like they, 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 they get worse and worse every year. Like, I don't know who to blame for that. I think that's a developer issue, but yeah, that, but, I mean, that, that could easily be fixed. You can't just stay consistent or at least let me pick my old style. Like everything has to change every single time. I have to relearn this game every single year. That's true. They're trying to become too immersive with it, right? Like it's it. They're trying to go too combatty, too simulation. Yeah, is, too, is, too is much the right of simulation. Way, yeah. yeah, is there is the right way to look at that? But that's not even like the major issue. Like that, like the controls, like having to oh, 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 re- visuals, relearn certain visuals are, things. Visuals are terrible. Yeah, no, everything. Like I said, everything is just really, really bad about two. They still haven't figured out how. To, they still haven't figured out how to handle fat people in these games. You know, insert fat joke here, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> if, you if you make a character who, who who's not even like fat, like just normal, you know, like not obese, but like you know, chubby, the belt clips He's into their body. <laughs> the title belt will clip into their body like it, it there's yeah. no like detection of these two items like you, if you have a fat character and it hits a certain threshold sling that thing over their shoulder like it, t- it takes you out of the game when like stupid things like this happen because parts of this game actually look pretty good small parts not 2k20 2k19 looked great <laughs> there's not a damn thing in 2k20 that looks good not a single thing, in my opinion. It, it is it is rough. I, I can't believe it. So much so that Sony, a company that hates giving refunds for digital purchases, are willingly giving people refunds if they request it for 2K20 because they know how bad this game is. Wow. That's yep. telling. Yep. Like that's they are just, big time. If you, if you contact Sony and you bought it digitally on PS4, they will just willingly give you a refund because this game is so bad. Like it is a broken game. It should not have been released. 
Uh, and I, I think this is something that a patch can't fix. Uh, uh, multiple patches will get there. Multiple patches will fix this game. But this is not something that can be fixed in a week or two's time. Like, I know there's a patch coming in like a week or two that they're saying, oh, it's going to fix. So there's not a fucking chance that one single patch is going to fix all the issues this game has. There's not a chance. Does it come with a new disc and a new it game? Should. It should come with a It should come with. <laughs> it should already be 2K21, basically. Yeah, this I is think awful. Anyone who purchased 2K20 in good faith should get 2k21 for free absolutely i agree with you there (laughs) but it's time for episode two of the twilight zone episode two of the twilight zone takes us into a world that we once thought we were going to love a world that we thought we were going to spend so much time in because you know we enjoy the ip we enjoy the franchise we've enjoyed some of the games in the series but sean you and i played the shit out of fallout 76 for a day or maybe like a, a couple days. We, no, we jumped in let's, there. Let's be real. We hit it and quit it fast. Like, no, yeah, you're right. <laughs> That's true. Oh, man. That, we did not go back to that game after like four hours. We did play it for a hot four hours. We did. Yeah. And again, we were we were very excited about it. But nothing has changed. It's still rough. Bethesda is still making mistake after mistake with Fallout 76. And their latest mistake takes us into the next realm of the Twilight Zone. Did you know there's something called Fallout First now? Fallout First is a premium membership that enhances the Fallout 76 experience. How exciting does that sound? <laughs> How is this exciting? Is the update or no? No. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Fallout First is a premium membership that costs money. They want you to pay to play this piece of shit after you've already purchased this piece of shit. $13 a month. Okay. $13 for a one month subscription to Fallout first. Or, or, or you could pay a year and the, the hundred fucking dollars. <laughs> one hundo. What a bargain. You'll and get it all at it comes with. $8.33 if you pay a year. That's only man. You're saving five dollars off the monthly subscription. Let's let's roll through each feature real quick and just laugh. Okay, there's, there's so, six. There's six features right. of Fallout I'm First. Be, I'm gonna be fair and unobjective. I'll tell you how I feel. <laughs> okay, <laughs> Sean, you got the features. Okay, so I'm I'm actually pulling up the official Fallout website here. It's gonna have private worlds. Play in a private world exclusively for you and up to seven friends. So I basically, like you're taking away the MMO aspect of the MMO Fallout. Good. Okay. All right. Fine. 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 You know, That's fine. Scrap. Why, scrap again, box. why charge to have private servers? I don't think, I think that charging is stupid for this, but I think it's a good feature in general. If you tie that with the Wastelanders update, which will come out God knows when, um, it might actually become a Fallout game again. I, I will say this servers cost money that's fine if you want to do that that's that's your call as an american you can pay whatever you want i know people that pay far less money for stupider things so that's that's fine values in the eye of the beholder for me it's not worth it but okay um what else you got for me? next one scrap box unlimited storage for crafting components in your own new scrap box container so basically easy mode right that's that is the one hard thing about Fallout games is managing all of your inventory and knowing when to throw things away and leave it on the field and take it right. That now you're just like, hey, you know what? Let's not make it a Fallout game. You can carry whatever you want. 
again, I don't know. Again, should be just an option in the game. Like if you want to, if you want to make it an easy mode for yourself, have a difficulty slider. Do something else that it doesn't affect anyone else's game; it affects yours. That should not. That should not. That should not be charged for either. It should just be a server thing. If if you're paying, it's not fair. I think honestly, it should just be like, "Hey, do you want to play on an easy world or a hard world?" Exactly. Want to play on a hardcore world? You know what? That's that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Survival tent. A new placeable fast travel point with a stash, sleeping bag, and more for your basic needs. So basically, you're taking away pretty much one of the key features of the game where you gather materials and try to build your own place up. But let's just, we'll just give you a survival tent. Okay, that's nice. I get that. Pay to win. Fine. But what what's the point of the game after that? Again, it's something that I don't think should be charged for. It's something that I think should just be given as a thing. For well, I, don't, I don't even think that needs to be a thing, to be honest. It, it undermines the entire point of going out and scrapping and getting stuff to build your own headquarters and to have features. Yes, but if they wanted to have this in there, I think it should be something that should just be given to you because, again, the game has been such a disaster since it came out. A show of good faith. Here you go. Here's something for, you know, being a loyal player or something like that. No, that's like starting a Mega Man X game with all the armor upgrades. Like, it, it, what's yes. the point? What's the point of the struggle? What's the point of getting through the game and actually accomplishing anything if you're just going to have everything handed to you? Yeah, I see oh, that. And by the way, they'll give you 1,650 atoms per month to use in the atomic shop. The the automated vending machine guys. Per month. <laughs> per month. What the F? Like, you're you're a baller if you've got that. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent amount of change right there. So it is legitimately pay to win. Yeah, this is a pay to win yes. subscription to an extent. Pay to win, right? But that's the thing. No one plays this game, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah, you're, 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 pay, you're paying to win a game that nobody's playing. You're playing to win a single player game at that point because you have a private server, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, actually, isn't that true? Every server is kind of a private server because nobody's playing the game. So why do you need a private <laughs> server? It's kind of true. Oh. But not only that, Bye. Sean, you're getting some cosmetics, baby. Oh, gosh. Goodbye. I'm out. You're getting cosmetics. Let's talk about your armor. A new iconic Fallout outfit exclusively for members. OK, yeah, the That's Ranger cool. armor. Cool. So basically take the other aspect out of the game and hey, you don't have to look for equipment anymore. <laughs> look, do you, have you seen this screenshot? If you're on the website here, I'm going to I'm going to give you guys the link to this website. I'm, I'm on. I'm on the website. OK, well, Frank, you can, you can join in. Now, look yeah. at the screenshot where everyone's kicking it at this tent and they're freaking sitting on this Coleman amazing special tent and they've got a freaking guitar and they're just lounging out, having a good time. This is this is Fallout meets Story of Seasons. Like it, there's nothing hard about <laughs> this. They look like they're living their best life. <laughs> Down on the bayou. <laughs> what? The, what is the point of this game? What is the point? Oh, yeah, the emotes. Okay, so I can do a robot dance. Okay. Um, let's talk about the the uh, last feature that we haven't really done, and that's the icons and emotes. Sure. Should be part of the game. That that there, Again, that's something should that should not you be charged for. Yep. Should not be charged for. That, out of all of them, that's the one that like, come on. That's like that's like when you go and you you like you buy a new car and they want to charge you for a gas cap. Like, what are we doing here? <laughs> this, 
But Sean, it says that we will continue to listen to feedback and improve the service over the months and years to come. They've listened to people crying about how the game's not fun. <laughs> so they took away the game and now it's just an outland simulator. <laughs> Basically. They Basically. made you a trust fund baby in the Fallout universe. That's all they did. Yeah. Now now look, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna dog on them all the way. I'm just criticizing the choices, right? I still think the game could be fun for people who enjoy that sort of thing. But it ain't fun for me. <laughs> it's not me, it's the only not challenging what the, part of It's not what the game was meant to be. It's not meant to be it's not what the game was meant to be. Agreed, agreed. Day one, the hardest part of the game was some a-hole who was like 17 levels higher than you griefing the whole map. But you knew where he was on the map, so if you don't like him, just avoid him. Okay, fine, livable. Day two, like day two, I realized there's no NPCs, so I really don't enjoy the story. And what they've done is story. Gone. There was no story. There was there was there was a, a what a, a scavenger hunt. There, there like was a trail there, there, of breadcrumbs. There was a there was a couple terminals that you talked to, and that was it. Yeah. So my beef with the game is they did everything to make the game easy. But we don't want something easy. We want something engaging. We want something fun. All they they have to do is add NPCs to the game. And guess what? If you don't want to retool the the release, make some expansion packs where you go into different areas like they've done with every other Fallout game with NPCs. That's it. You could even say that West Virginia is the free like the free zone where everyone is just a bloodbath and you can introduce new factions into that zone all the time where people are fighting for that land to claim it. But Take you can go home, to other places. Country roads. I have a I perfect DLC. Go to the island place. of Long. The island of what? Long. Long. Oh, yeah. Long Strong known to get the friction on island. You know what? I don't. Here's here's what I don't get. Why not? It, OK, this I feel like this game is not Fallout canon. Can we agree? Agreed. Uh, okay. I think we can agree on that, but does Blizzard? I don't. Or does Bethesda? I don't know. I don't know if they agree that it's not fuck canon. They might think it is. <laughs> Why can't we travel to other known places that we've already seen in Fallout games and help establish those places? Why can't we go to Nuketown? Why can't we go to the Pit? Why can't we go to the Commonwealth and help these Vault people come out? Because this this game is a lot like Elder Scrolls Online. Like everything in it that happens is inconsequential, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you can walk away from Fallout seventy six and say, "Okay, Fallout five, Fallout uh, whatever six is coming out, Fallout five's coming out, and it has nothing to do with whatever happened in Fallout seventy six, or it doesn't matter." Yeah, you, we're not seeing. We're totally not. We're it. not going to see Fallout five for ten years, by the way. No, no, we won't because Elder Scrolls six is going to be out in another seven. So and Starfield's about three years away. So yeah. So I mean, they could honestly. I I feel like they need to just let this go. How many people play Fallout 76? Zero, zero. But that's why it says here at the bottom that they're going to continue to listen to feedback for years to come. This is their Fallout game for the next 10 years. That's so crazy to think about. That hurts me heart. Fallout 76 has yet to eclipse 30,000 players. Mm -hmm. I believe it. That's so bad. Wow. That that's that's horrible. Yeah, this game is. <laughs> we, we've talked about it so many times here on the show, but I just I, I saw this fallout first thing earlier this week. I sent it to you, Sean. I was like, this is unbelievable. No, no, no. This, there's a reason why we talk about games like this on the show, because that's what people want to play. Yeah, people love MMOs. They love games where they can play online with people. And fallout is a franchise that is beloved. So why wouldn't we cover every F up faux pas that they do? Yeah. I still love you, Bethesda. 
I, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but someone needs to buy Bethesda. If that's THQ Nordic, then so be it. It'd be better than whatever they're putting out now. Stop. <laughs> one little mistake. One, one little mistake is not enough to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Okay? One? One. One. One little mistake. They made other big mistakes. <laughs> That's a whole nother that's a whole nother Twilight Zone episode right yeah. there. <laughs> the last five years. <laughs> no. Terrible. Fallout 4 was a masterpiece. Fallout 4 was not a masterpiece at all. Fallout 4 was a far cry from Fallout 3, my friend. I quit playing Fallout 4. I did not quit playing Fallout 3. Fallout 4 was fun. Definitely not Bethesda's best work in any stretch of the imagination. I'm I'm gonna come out hard and say that Skyrim wasn't even as good as Oblivion. Okay, now you just now you just trolling. Okay, cut the shit. I I'm really I'm serious. I prefer Oblivion over Skyrim myself. Wrong. I I like Skyrim, but I prefer Oblivion. I don't. Our last episode of the Twilight Zone. Man, I got so many emails from Amazon because of this damn next story. (laughs) We go to a world where nothing is as it seems. The day of delays. Oh man, this sucks. This so it was sucks, uh, Thursday. It was Thursday. This, fucking, this sucks. It was Thursday. We got hit with four delays that all, and we kind of knew. Like I said, we we kind of knew that there was a chance this was going to happen because I, I still don't know that this release date for The Last of Us Part Two is the final date. I still don't. I still don't buy it. Our first one that we're going to mention, The Last of Us Part 2, Sony and Naughty Dog delayed this from its previously planned February 21st, 2020 release date to May 29th, 2020. So a, what, three, March, three month delay, three roughly. Yeah, three, roughly. Uh, again, I half expected that. I half expect it to get delayed again. I don't think this might be the final delay. I, I just, I, there was a time when I thought this was going to be a PS5 launch title. I still think they're going to get this out on PS4. It obviously will come out on PS5 as well. And actually, it won't need to because PS5 is going to be backwards compatible with PS4. So you won't really need to have any like remasters or re-releases in that regard. So this will be playable on PS5. But I do think this will be out sometime, whether it hits that May date or whether it comes out in the summer, it will be a PS4 title. But I think this almost confirms that. Ghost of Tsushima, a title we've heard nothing about for a while, is a PS5 launch title. It's going to get bumped. It, it, it's, it has to happen, right? Like, like there's there's no chance it comes out before The Last of Us Part 2 now. It's, 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 so it's going to end up being like a late 2020 release. Yeah, it'll be a, well, whenever the PS5 comes out, November 2020, on the day and date, Ghost of Tsushima will come out on PS5. Like, I, I really think this, like, from what I understand from things that I've heard from people like, you know, Ghost of Tsushima is a pretty fucking looking game. Like it was beautiful. Everything that we saw in it, the a couple trailers we've seen, uh, the game is gorgeous and it looks very advanced. From what I understand, it even had r- trouble running on the PS4. So I could see this obviously being a bumped title to PS5 and being a day and date launch title with the actual system. It would make sense to do that. I don't think there's a chance the game comes out before May 29th. Now I'm talking specifically Ghost of Tsushima. And if The Last of Us Part Two does come out in, in May when it's supposed to now, I don't see them putting out a big first party game like Ghost of Tsushima in like August or September when your next console is literally two months away. Why wouldn't you just put it as a launch title and have that potentially help sell systems? Yeah, it makes sense. 
I mean, this one sucks. But it's really not the one that pissed me off the most. Really? That's kind I, of... I was, I, I, as much as I want to play this, I was more hyped for the other game, which is a little weird. Okay. Well, besides The Last of Us, like I said, it was really weird because all of these delays, which, you know, Sony has no ties to Ubisoft, but all of these stories came out literally within the same hour. It was really weird. Like one of them was posted at noon and one of them was posted at like 10 minutes later. So it's like somehow these just kind of all came out at the same time. It was really weird, the timing. That's why I was like, what dimension are we currently in right now? So Ubisoft delayed three of their titles out of this fiscal year pushing it to fiscal year 2021. So that means these titles are going to no specific release date for any of these three titles. Now, just sometime between April 1st, 2020 and May, uh, March 31st, 2021. So sometime in that calendar year, gods and monsters. That's the one that pisses me off. Rainbow six quarantine mm, and watchdogs Legion also pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. All wow. three of those games also got delayed the same day, same hour as the last of us part two which Legion's the one where you can play as anyone right like that's the, yeah. that was that game yeah yep that's on, that's on my pre-order that's one i got the email for yeah that I, I plan to play that through you play plus but i was a little disappointed that i wouldn't get to check that one out when i thought i was going to as well but that has now drastically changed quarter one 2020 like literally we just did thunderdome a few weeks back and we were talking about how crazy it was going to be picking for q1 2020 that's now taken us down to only two major re- uh, three, three major releases. I guess four now that Doom Eternal got pushed to Q1 2024, but we won't do that because we've already talked about Doom Eternal in our Thunderdome. And like I said, anytime a game's delayed and it's already been a Thunderdome, it doesn't get reentered. So even though Doom Eternal is coming out Q1 2020, it won't get entered in Thunderdome next quarter. We only have three major releases for Q1 2020 now. Ori and the Will of the Wisps, Final Fantasy VII Remake, and Animal Crossing. We lost three heavy hitters in Q1 2020, and it has drastically changed the game for every game coming out in January, February, March. There is a lot of openings now, specifically February, and is wide open for big games to come in there and release February's always big too so someone's probably gonna jump for that spot that's what I was gonna say it'll be really curious to see who decides to kind of step up and and take that and I I honestly don't know if anyone can at this point because so much you know there's so much going into preparing for the next generation of consoles now we knew 2019 was going to be a pretty hectic year and it has been so far the first half of 2020 is going to be very 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 light I'm telling you right now, there's not going to be a ton of stuff. We obviously we're going to have our cyberpunk. We're going to have the seven Final Fantasy seven remake. We have Animal Crossing. Eventually, we're going to, you know, Marvel's Avengers, Last of Us Part Two before June. That's five games right there. And Doom Eternal, if you count it as six, that's that's April, May. Yeah. Yeah. So that's only six major titles in six months. So basically like one a month, if you if you boil it down that way, that's not a lot. And, and, you know, in 2019, where there were months we had six, seven, eight major games releasing each month, that's not a lot looking at 2020. And then, you know, everything's kind of being held for PS5. Everything's being held for Xbox Scarlet when those consoles are coming out. So that's a good question, though. Um, like when PS2 or PS3 came out, were those years light building up to it? 2013, the first half of 2013 was light. Yes, I think. 
the only major game we had was The Last of Us 1 in the first half of 2013 and a couple other things as well. But yes, generally on a, on a year when a new console releases, the first half of the year or generally every month leading up to that console release is pretty light. Like October and November of 2020 will be crazy next year because everyone will be prepping yeah. to get their games out for, for the PS5 and Scarlet. So I think next year, the first half is going to be a great time to catch up on backlogs, to catch up on games we've missed this generation. Uh, we'll have a lot of time to do that. I'm just like I said, I, I'm just so shocked that the the name of the game for Q1 2020 has changed so much now. Like it, it's it's kind of crazy. Man, I just wanted to play Gods and Monsters. That's just a horrible thing. I just want to play the damn game. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, Sean, what, what, what did you think of all this when you saw it? like this is just. It's crazy. You know, the the only thing that I really thought of, and I, I don't know if this is an accurate way to think about it, is I just feel like the developers and everyone thought that maybe the new generation was going to come sooner than they had hoped. A lot of people probably were thinking potentially spring, because I know there were rumors that Microsoft was trying to get their, you know, the Xbox Scarlet out for like spring 2020. So that is a possibility. Look at it from a financial sense. These people are getting these games ready and they're scrambling now because they're like, oh, crap, we're not even going to have it out until Christmas 2020. Like, what are we going to do for the entire year of 2020 until then? And if you're not Nintendo, then you're like, F me, we're in another down year. What do I do? And you can't release a game that you've been prepping for PS5 on a PS4. So it makes sense to delay the ones that you know are going to be on the sunset to last the entire year. Right. Now, is that, you know... I don't know. Is that good for us or bad for us? I think it actually is good for us. It just sucks because we were planning on playing something sooner. Right. That's the now only issue is obviously we have year. to wait. Yeah. Now we wait for stuff that we could have gotten sooner, but that's okay. I mean, to me, it's it's kind of hard for these developers. I actually feel bad for them when a new cycle is about to begin because they are they're well. First of all, they're guessing on when it's actually going to drop because the companies aren't going to tell them until they know they're going to and they announce it public, right? Right. They'll give them the dev kit, but they won't say when they're going to actually roll things out yet. So you're you're kind of kind of rolling blind on that. Plus, now you're wondering, well, should I release games on a dead system? I I don't envy them in this process. I actually kind of feel sorry for them. You know what I mean? No, I, I totally agree. Yeah, I, I actually totally agree with that sentiment. So... Uh, it sucked the day of delays. It, it really did suck. But at least we know, you know, a, a delayed game is never generally a worse game than it would have been had it released before. Yeah, you know, but maybe, like Naughty Dog said that they delayed it because it didn't meet their their standards. Yeah. So that's, that's a good thing. I mean, like, yeah, no, Miyamoto said it best. But I mean, a, a delayed game is never a bad game unless it was bad before. And you know what I mean? They just didn't know what they were doing. <laughs> like, that's yeah. why Star says that's why Star Citizen is going to be the greatest game of all time. Yeah, right? Yeah. Eight years in the making? <laughs> yeah. WWE 2K20 should have been delayed. Should have been in the day of delays. <laughs> 2K, 2K20 should have came out in 2K2025. Yeah. 2K20 was already out by the time the day of delays hit, but they should have recalled it and then delayed it. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I was thinking about that in our last conversation, and why can't they just, like... It would have been the perfect opportunity to release, like the wrestlemania of video games yeah like, hey, we're, we're gonna delay it for six months but it's gonna be releasing around wrestlemania and it's gonna be the biggest wwe game you've ever seen don't worry yukes is, yukes is gonna put out an AEW game that's gonna freaking knock your socks off 
Oh, yeah. It is kind of weird, and I don't want Ukes involved in AEW. Uh, AKI is going to be the one involved with AEW's game. I'm telling you right now. Um, be just because I know Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks are, are really trying to get them on board with making the game. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be that team. But um, it is kind of weird that WWE games don't come out around WrestleMania. It is the yeah. perfect time to put them out. It is kind of weird that they don't. They're just trying to be like the NFL. That's yeah, all no, it is. I know. I know. They they, they want to try to get out like in the in the fall time. But it, it's 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 kind of weird. But that music right there means it's time for a little. Oh, yeah. Kickstart. Oh, my yeah. Heart. And I have an interesting looking game that I kind of want to get uh, specifically Sean. I want to know what you're feeling on this one as we talk about it here a little oh, bit. Oh, wow. This looks cool. We have a serene online RPG where you can venture out into a hand-painted fairy tale world and become part of a collaborative and friendly role-playing experience. The name of the game is Book of Travels. Join Book of Travels and become part of a unique social role-playing experience that doesn't hold your hand. Inspired by genre classics, this is an online adventure that sets you adrift in an intricate fairy tale world. But it's also an invitation to roleplay without the restraints of linear quests and plot lines. Feel at liberty to travel the free wilds and vivid cities of the Braided Shore Peninsula. Wander deep into the layers of this hand-drawn world. Stumble upon its hidden places or unravel one of its many mysteries. There is no overarching goal, no real beginning or end, and ultimately you are in charge of shaping your own journey. It's a land of elusive creatures, a lush natural beauty, and pastoral calm, but one that has known troubles and where shadows play their part. So, right from the start, the team wants to take these conventional elements of traditional RPGs, and they wanted to do something new. They wanted to create a world where players can enjoy calm exploration, discovery, and quietly forged companionships. They wanted to offer this sensation of being a wanderer in a wild, luscious, unexplored world where you can form friendships and overcome obstacles either alone or together. Uh, they say that there's uh, emotion does play a part in the story, so your interactions and choices are going to have effects that you might not expect in traditional RPGs. Acting with curiosity and thoughtfulness will evolve your character in the same way as performing tasks or undertaking endeavors. Events okay. that are usually trivialized in RPGs are instead made into strong emotional moments. Witnessing a death, for example, will weigh more heavily on your character for each day that passes. But by visiting the deceased's resting place, your grief will be transformed into a new energy, one that will remove the weight and strength and strengthen you instead. So you won't like, you, you know, you need to have a grieving time and that kind of stuff in this game, which is a great concept to think about. Like, how freaking cool is that? Like something that I don't think a single game has ever explored before. So that's really, really awesome. Uh, they're going to do wordless communication for richer roleplay when it comes to in-game communication. The team found that playing with a limited range of expression makes for more evolving interaction between players. So that's why there's no text chat in the game. In Book of Travels, you'll communicate with other players using a unique set of emotes and symbols, which are unlocked as you experience new things. This means that you'll gain symbols to express boat and market once you've encountered them. <laughs> the team used this bold kind of game design before, and they fell in love with how wordless communication boosted players' creativity as they found ways to say a lot with very little. This made for a more immersive kind of roleplay and also had a very positive effect on the culture amongst the community. That's kind of interesting. So it's like, you know, 
Destiny doesn't have text chat, does it? You kind of talk using emotes sort of a thing. I actually just looked into that as you were talking, um, like because they put out seven other games. This seems to, this seems to be their thing of telling stories without actually talking, just through emotion. It's kind of neat. Like, I, I, I kind of like the, you know, the aspect of, OK, I'm going to go out there and say I stumble upon a campfire. So now I have the emote or whatever that that shows like a campfire or a camp or something like that. And that could be like a resting emote or something like that. And you're with a group of friends and you want to rest. So you have to emote to them, you know, let's take a break or let's rest or something. So it's kind of interesting. Like it's a primitive and it looks like it when you look at the world, how hand drawn it is, how old style and old school it looks. It looks like you're living in some primitive world, not necessarily like, you know, caveman time period. Like it's, it's civilized, but it could be a world where language is a barrier and you have to communicate through certain ways. That's so cool to think about. And some of the, like like I said, the team saying how they want to see the creativity between players and how they choose to find ways to do things by not saying anything. It's an interesting concept. Sean, what do you think? The game looks amazing. Yeah. The graphics are just beautiful. It really sets the tone without even saying anything. But I have a couple reservations. MMO games where it looks like it's a 2.5D platforming type deal. Yeah. I I wonder how that's going to work out. And I also wonder, communication is a big part of playing online with people. And I like the emote deal, I really do. But how can you coordinate with emotes? That, That scares me because then that means that the content won't accelerate because you can't communicate tactics as well. That, you know what I mean? I like, guess I can see that, like, if you're, if you're talking, like, if I, but we don't really know what Book of Travel is going to have in store for us while playing right. or what's at the end game. But if there are things like dungeons, it would be tough. Well, look, I'll say it right now. I mean, if you're going to have an MMO without fighting in some capacity, I just don't, I don't know what else to do in an MMO. It is possible to have an MMO without uh, combat. Love. Yeah, it, it's it's possible well, you to want have... to get it on with some stranger with emotes? Let's get it on. <laughs> Your guy just stands in the middle of town square and shakes his hand up and down? <laughs> like, what? what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> that's, what, that's what Frank does on a Friday night, baby. <laughs> Goes down to town square and shakes his hand up and down. All right. $10. $10 over you wanna, here. You guys want to... You want a little... <laughs> <laughs> how do you think he pays for all that candy he talked about earlier in the show? Oh, 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 that's how he gets them to recome it. Passing it out for free. Come on in. I'm going to take you to the love shack. Don't be shy, baby. This is my van right here. <laughs> I wish you could afford a van, but that's neither here nor there. <laughs> <laughs> I think it looks good. I think the game looks good. I am curious to see it in action, though. I think yeah, me the, too. The gifts, the gifts are really nice. They show the motion of the world. They show, yeah, yeah, the the Jiffy Pops. But I want to see like more of of what they're going to do together with people. Looking at the um, explanation or something. Like looking at the actual map for the Braided Shore, it's an interesting looking landscape. Like I like the area that they've created for the game. Like you have these different sections that jut off from the middle and then you have that like bay kind of area in the middle with an island there. Like the actual place the game actually exists in looks kind of fun to explore. Yeah. I'm excited to see what what they do with this. I really am. Does this remind you of like Ultima Online a little bit, Frank? Not really. 
Cause I don't, all, get, cause I don't I, get any I, of that I, either from it. Yeah, just looking at their like their other games on Steam, I think this is going to be a good game. I mean, every one of their games has mostly positive or very positive reviews. Uh, all have this really charming art style. But, but the, the, the only downside, like Sean says, is if this is MMO, you kind of have to talk. Unless yeah. they find a cool, maybe they'll find a cool workaround that we just we're not seeing right now. But yeah, it's gonna be hard to actually for for tactics. Uh, here's my here, here's my smiley face emote. Here's here's me making a butterfly symbol. You know, there's nothing for you. <laughs> yeah, I get that. Like I said, it just depends on what we actually are doing in the game. Like, how extensive is it going to be? I wouldn't mind proximity voiceover IP. Okay. Yeah. But like they, they, they assume that they probably assume that a lot of people them. are going to be in Discord together, that they're playing this game together. Probably. Yeah, but how do you how do you meet new people and venture with new friends if you're not on their Discord? Emotes. You man. know what I mean? Like, do you just throw up the Discord emote? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I I, I'm not I'm not crapping on the game. I just have questions. No, it's, I know. It's, I, looks, it's a legitimate it question. It looks really fun, you know. And, and it looks cool because it's just like this peaceful chill session and other people are having their peaceful chill session. But, yep. you know, what else do you do when you're the, not chilling? The earliest or the uh, the cheapest way to get into the Kickstarter campaign, it's 21 US dollars. It's called The Traveler. Get you a copy of the game on PC, The Traveler's Knapsack and your name in the credits. Uh, they're saying the game's expected to come out uh, October 2020. So sometime fall of next year. Uh, I, I think that's awesome. The game's only about a year away. It looks so good. Uh, really looking forward to checking this out. It still has, as a time of recording, it has 29 days to go on Kickstarter. Uh, 1,691 backers so far. Uh, it smashed its goal. It was looking for 25,000 roughly US dollars, sitting just over 66,000 US dollars. So it already smashed its goal. Uh, and this is in um, Swedish currency. I don't know the uh, name Connors. of their Is that what it is? And is that what it actually is called over there? Yeah, I was like, I don't know the name of their currency, but they were looking for uh, a, a hefty amount of their currency. Two hundred forty-five thousand and change kroner. That's a lot. Yeah, but they're oh, that's, really a lot. It's only twenty-five grand. Uh, but, but but they're at six hundred forty-one thousand of their own currency. So like I said, they they've smashed their goal. Uh, that's definitely awesome to see that happen. So we'll be keeping an eye on this one. They, they sold out on their one hundred and eighty-six dollar pledge package. All gone. Isn't that, isn't that awesome? That's we don't see that very often on this segment. Yeah, yeah. I, w I was looking as you guys were talking, and the emotes do look cool. It's like a little square, and it shows a symbol above your head, and like basically, like I feel like whenever you suggest something, someone's either gonna put a heart symbol or an angry symbol to to agree or disagree. Right. Excuse me. Which is fine, but I do feel like I want to know what I'm gonna be exploring with. I think this game would be fun if we played together. Oh, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. But they they better not put anything close to resembling a donger on the emote, because that's all I'm going to span. <laughs> like, hey, Sean, you want to go here? Dong. <laughs> Eggplant. 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 So you're going to see Sean run around. Eggplant. Eggplant. There's a couple that, there's a couple that could be dong substitutes on here. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you know what? The game looks great. It's it's a beautiful work of art. Just just that alone. I mean, you got to get in on it. What twenty one dollars to get the yeah. game? It's it's not that much. That's yep. not a lot of money. I mean, I would pledge to it if it wasn't coming out in a year. If it was coming out in six months, I would do it. Yeah. I'd come out. I would pledge to it if it wasn't coming from Sweden. <laughs> <laughs> one of the greatest countries on earth. Oh yeah. Of all the countries in Europe, Sweden, you're one of them. 
Love, love me, love me some sweetie. October 2020 is a scary time of year for indie games to come out. Yeah, I, I just I really I fear for indie games in October 2020 because there's so much right around the horizon of that that time frame in, in 2020 that I think that some of these great games will get overlooked. There's going to be so much hype over the new gen. They're probably going to release the new gen in November or December, right? November for sure. So if, if you come out October 2020, like I'm kind of worried to see who would be playing this after like a week or two of release. And I don't want to be in a village by myself spamming eggplant. You know what I mean? <laughs> eggplant. <laughs> but otherwise the game looks great those are yeah. my concerns it'll be uh Pick it'll be a game that we definitely are keeping an eye on here uh kickstarter.com look it up called book of travels but that sound right there means we have slipped into the bonus stage oh yeah for newcomers, what the bonus stage consists of is a series of five questions. Whomever is the first to shout out their name and then deliver the correct answer within three seconds gets the point. And remember, let me finish asking the question first. If you guess and get it wrong, the others have a chance to answer once. If everyone is incorrect, we move on. The person with the most amount of points at the end of bonus stage gets to deliver the final address before the outro. <laughs> We are going festive this week. Uh oh. Today, a trick has been played. Bonus stage is going to test your knowledge of things related to Halloween. Uh oh. I'm going to lose this one so bad. No, you won't. None of Frank, these. Go wiggle your Ethernet cable. None of <laughs> none <laughs> of these have anything to do with the video game. All five Damn of these it. questions are based on things related to Halloween. Mm, great, great. Question, you'll, get, you, you'll be okay. You'll yeah, be okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Question right, number right. one. In the television special, It's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown, who does Snoopy battle? Randy Savage! <laughs> <laughs> this one is so easy. You guys have seen this, right? Do it one more time. In the TV special, it's the great pumpkin, Charlie Brown. Who does Snoopy battle in one of the Frank. most famous scenes Sean. from this show? Frank. Linus. No. Sean. Headless Horseman? No. God damn. Okay. okay. <laughs> the, Red, the Red Baron, the famous World War One flying ace. I thought that was Christmas special. Nope. <laughs> oh my gosh that is true okay this is this is hard okay all right you just oh, had to go all no, snoopy no question number two <laughs> in 1982 the movie et the extraterrestrial was released in theaters what did et dress up as for halloween sean Frank. sean a ghost that is correct it is a ghost oh yeah we coming in hot Sean was two seconds before you, and you can listen was. to it in the actual I know thing. <laughs> <laughs> One point to Sean. Question number three. The Monster Mash by Bobby Boris Pickett was released in 1962. What was the name of the vocal group which was about to arrive at the event in the song? Frank. Frank. The Crypt Keeper Six. No. You, is that wrong? That is wrong. It's close. It's close. That is wrong. Sean, it's do you close, know? Though. 
No, I don't know. Can I amend that? I'll give you a chance to amend it. The Crypt Kicker 6. No. What is it then? The Crypt Kicker 5. It's 5? Okay. <laughs> you I, suck. I yeah, gave you two shots at it. <laughs> it's fair, it's fair, it's fair, it's fair. Yeah, I knew you You were so there, though. You were so there. <laughs> I just heard the song the other day, and it's like, it's quasi-fresh in my head. What the would happen oh, to my Transylvania twist? The Crypt Kicker 5. <laughs> yep. Wow. That doesn't five. even rhyme. Uh, All well, right. it, it rhymes with something. It rhymes with something in the actual stanza. God damn it. Okay. Did, did you just oh look it up? <laughs> no, I, I believe you. Okay, that's fine. The scene was rocking over digging the sounds. Igor on chains back by his baying hounds. The coffin bangers were about to arrive with their vocal group, the Crypt Kicker 5. Uh, question number four. Still one point for Sean. So far, a, a clean sweep here. Question number four. Garfield's Halloween Adventure first aired on October 30th, 1985. Until the year 2000, this ran every single year on TV. What does Garfield dress himself up as on Halloween? Sean? Sean. Pirate? That is correct. <laughs> no! <laughs> he does he does dress as a pirate and then gets greedy when he sees all those houses across the lake and they go there and they do battle with the ghostly pirates <laughs> that, that was a correct. complete guess i've never seen it i've never seen neither one of you, oh my god neither one of you have ever seen that wow no I don't know how you guessed that then. That's incredible. I just imagined, like, what could Garfield wear? <laughs> that, was, that was like all I did. I was like, I'm going to get this so wrong. That's <laughs> <laughs> it is a pirate. Frank, being a fan of Garfield, I thought you would have seen that so many times. I'm That's still, crazy. I'm, I'm still pickering five myself right here. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sean just, Sean just won the uh, bonus stage, but we do have one question left. Question number five. And I made the, uh, the this should be the hardest one. I'm hoping you guys remember. I said, I, I, Sean, make it worth two points. <laughs> no, it's not worth two points. Uh, oh, Sean, two points? No, it's not Four worth time. two points. I'm worth, in. I'm in. There we go. I don't two. back away from a challenge. <sighs> it's the hardest one. Let's go for okay. it. Okay. Question number five, worth <laughs> two points. <laughs> in Dark and Stormy Night, a 1994 episode from the television sitcom Family Matters. Oh, Steve no. Urkel and the Winslows <laughs> play a story game where they each play a part in the plot. What is the name of the game that they play? Sean? Sean, if you get Murder this... Murder in the Mansion? No, but that is a good guess. Uh, and you're actually not far off, but a great guess. Uh, is, is this my favorite game? Uh, who's in my mouth? <laughs> <laughs> I thought your favorite game was What's in My Mouth. <laughs> it That's is nasty. Not. It is not. Uh, the name. The name of the game is Past the Ghost Story. Oh man! Gotcha, bitch. Takes place in season six, episode six, when a storm on Halloween night forces the cancellation of trick or treating. So to cheer up Richie, the characters take on the roles of a 19th-century vampire family. Carl and Harriet end up playing the parts of vampires, wanting to bite the neck of Sir Stephen, played by Urkel. Nice. Does that mean what I think it means? It means, Sean, with two points to Frank's zero, you win bonus stage. Yes, yes, yes. Hey, 
Thank you very much, Brian. I'll take it. I am the Big Bad Booty Duty Champion of Level Down Games, and I get to deliver the closing remarks of the week. And what are those final words, Sean? What are those final words? Um, you know, I, I never plan on winning, so I just fly this off the cuff. That's fine. <laughs> I didn't know we were doing the outro right now. Okay. Um, it al- it always take- is right now. What the hell? It's always right now. I'm going to ta- take this moment to to piss on a little friend of mine called VKM. You know who you are. <laughs> okay. The Voodoo Kin Mafia. <laughs> How effing dare you release a game from PlayStation 2 and charge people 60 hard-earned US dollars when I could have just booted up my PlayStation and played WWE SmackDown or WWE Raw Warzone and probably had a better time. How effing dare you? Here comes the pain, baby. <laughs> but other than that, I love you, buddy. Keep going on strong. Keep on doing what you're doing. Excellent fall for life. Woo! You know, I haven't watched Raw. I haven't watched Raw or SmackDown since I really have real though. They turned uh, Finn Balor heel on NXT and I, I did see that. I didn't watch it, but I did see it. I highly disagree with that move. So, you know, just saying. I think NXT is kind of floundering here. I think the I best honestly, part of NXT is Keith Lee. I, Keith yes. Lee's great. Keith Lee's great. But I haven't watched NXT since week one. Uh, I didn't watch week two or three. I fast forwarded through it and didn't even stop at any point. I just wanted to kind of like watch it and fast forward. Uh, Raw Smackdown. I just read the results now. I literally don't watch those. I only watch no, AEW it's, and it's NWA AEW. Power and AEW Power. I watch that every week. Really, really great show. Yeah. AEW Dark is something that I need to get into on YouTube. But Absolutely. I, I, I think AEW just is offering a product that hits a little closer to home for me. Yep. Me too. You know, I'm more of a pro wrestling guy and less of a sports entertainment guy. Me too. Me too. You know, but NWA power is pretty good. It's great. I, um, it's great. I do think that they've got a lot of jobbers on there though. That's fine. No, it's, it's, it's meant to be, better. no, no, it's yeah, meant it's, to be that way. School. It's meant yeah. to be that way. It's meant to be their weekly TV show or their weekly YouTube show is meant to be, you know, their stars going up against a nobody, just like it was back in the eighties and nineties in WWE. And then their pay-per-views and major shows. It's going to be like the, the headlining acts. Like, I, I miss that style. That's why I'm enjoying it so much. No, yeah, absolutely. I I, I wholeheartedly agree. But anybody who has Dokken as their music for the Don't show. Don't you dare. Inst- Don't you dare. Inst- Don't you say that's a bad thing. No, it's amazing. I love it. It is. <laughs> how, how, would you, how would you not love it? It's this is amazing. Fire. That's so good. Dokken or what? what? 87? 84, I think. 84? Mm-hmm. I think it was 84. Top but, comment on this video on YouTube. Quote, was anyone else watching the first episode of NWA and came here? <laughs> <laughs> Let's see. Docking into the fire. Uh, n- 1984. <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Album, album was Tooth and Nail. Released on September 14th, 1984. Holy shit. So good, man. Dude, I, you know I, know, what, I know my hair metal. I know my hair metal. <laughs> I'll tell you right now, I'm, I'm going to say something that you're probably not going to like, but this not. next song right here is probably my favorite, like from that era ever. What's wrong with that, dude? Frank's a big Dio fan. Are you kidding? Ronnie James mother F and Dio, dude. How do you not love some? I some guarantee Dio? we're related somewhere. Frank's a Frank's a <laughs> Frank's a big Dio fan. Oh, Dio was the man, dude. Like Dio, you cannot Dio's hold great. that. You, you can't hold down this song. Dio you can't great. do it. 
But that is going to do it for this week. We want to thank you for sticking with us and listening to another episode of Max Level Made Possible by LevelDownGames.com. And thanks again to Dance with the Dead for all the awesome music. Regardless of the podcast service you're listening through, be sure to show your support by leaving a rating and a review, especially if you're listening through Apple Podcasts. We'd also be grateful if you could drop on over to our YouTube channel. That's YouTube.com forward slash LevelDownGames and subscribe to us there. Don't forget, we have that reaction video going up for BlizzCon's opening ceremony this Friday. And if you haven't already, while you're at it, hit up Twitch.tv forward slash LevelDownGames and click that follow button. Stalking us on social media is perfectly acceptable. Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook will be the place to do so. Check the description box for the appropriate links. Until next week, keep gaining experience until you reach. Max. 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 <laughs> I like how you just had it ready. So good. You gotta get it, man. You gotta get it. When oh, there's man. lightning. <laughs> I'm loving it, though. Oh. Now, now you're speaking Frank's language right there. No, you spoke shit to my heart. <laughs> Here we go, here we go. Oh. That's bad. That is some bad cabbage jammers right there.